0: What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back yet again. We are here again on another Thursday. This is episode 120. I'm here as always. I'm your host Anthony Trapney, and I got a couple of resident homies with me, Joel and Casey. Joel Horner, Casey Howard. What up, y'all? What up? We should have the Professor Joseph K later on um, tonight. We're we're joined by somebody who uh, again guys. Uh, Oh, by the way, did you see that light go out? Yeah, I'm fucking (laughs) Oh, okay. So did I just did I just uh, freeze again? God damn it, dude. I look good. All right. So anyways, we are here. (laughs) (laughs) The technical difficulties that you guys have been seeing for the last couple of weeks. I'm still dealing with them. I'm still making this thing happen for you guys every week. So just give me props for that, guys. Um, But yeah, we are joined by somebody who I truly have been touched by throughout, you know, my career in death metal. I've had a few intros like this, and I'm glad to have an intro like tonight with this man. Um, he's part of so many different releases um, that are very important to me and have been important to me still throughout my whole entire career. Tonight, we are joined by James Murphy. What's going on, James?
1: How's it going, guys?
0: Uh, you it's know, to this- be here with you thank you so much dude and it's really great to be here with you as well um i'm glad that we were able to make this happen and yes dude before we get into the nitty-gritty as always we're gonna uh do the plugs up top first one as always battleforgecoffee.com get your coffee from our homies in deeds of flesh they're working with the um a, a good comp a good place to get their coffee they got a good roaster working with them they got the merchandise they got everything you guys need over there at battleforgedcoffee.com so please support the underground death metal homies and then for us calideathpodcast.bigcartel.com still got some shirts there for you guys a couple different uh designs the og revamped and the two year anniversary full color zombie podcast guy t-shirt you can uh support the show by purchasing those you will get that bagged and handed to you in the mail well handed to the mailman from joseph and then it will get to you however it gets to you but please that's how we that's how we get a little money to make this thing happen um anything else on our side guys i don't think there is and james
1: well, for me for me uh you me mentioned a arizona <laughs> green tea 30 years with no <laughs> kidney stones and counting <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep. you need an iced tea that'll keep you hydrated and no kidney stones arizona iced exactly and they used to put the 99 cents on the can too so they would make sure that nobody sold it over that price
1: yeah and uh They've they've slowly phased that out.
0: Yeah. I remember as a fun. kid it would say ninety-nine cents.
1: Huge. It's, it was camera. it was that right up until just very recently. And I think like really the circle K near me started selling for like one twenty nine recently.
0: Uh
2: damn, that's a big jump. End of an era. <laughs> End of an era. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have any, like, any kind of thing to promote as far as like, are you giving lessons? Do you have any, yeah, where well, do you want? Do you have stuff? Do you have stuff website, to anybody
0: you want, any website you want people to go to for the all encompassing uh, James Murphy information?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you can, you know, find me on all the, the usual socials. I'm, you know, probably most active currently on Facebook, but I'm ramping up my YouTube. So the main thing I would want people to check out is my YouTube. I'm starting, I've got uh, several videos in the works and I'm going to be, uh, you know, ramping up on that and, uh, trying right. to improve the quality on that because, you know, so far I'm just, a, you know, iPhone and, uh, and that's it. Um, you know, I'm an audio guy, not a video guy, but I'm going to have to learn how to be a video guy. Uh, right. There's a lot of videos I want to do. And, uh, totally. you know, and, uh, uh, yeah. So, so basically just, uh, Facebook and YouTube really, you can find me. And I think I'm, uh, at james murphy producer on like both of them nice yeah i, cool, I believe cool. so
2: what kind of videos are you trying to put out or are you trying to put out like playthroughs and stuff
1: uh yeah i'm gonna do i'm gonna do playthroughs absolutely uh uh, uh current plan is to um, go through and do pretty much every solo i ever did on record,
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> on a damn. record.
1: i have That's to relearn cool. them to start with and then you know and i'll and I'll uh, play them, present them. Hey, this is how I played this, give us an explanation. And then I'll probably make, you know, just so that it can be, this uh, is going to be very time consuming. Uh, yeah. Uh, so just so that it uh, sort of, you know, pays for itself and, you know, maybe helps pay for some lights or whatever. I um, uh, will uh, do a Patreon as well where I'll offer awesome. the PDFs, uh, you know, uh, Guitar Pro files. Mm-hmm. And extended videos, you know, with the explanations and all that sort of thing. And I, you know, I'm going to do some reviews and things like that. Uh, currently, I got coming up. I just installed this awesome Vega Trim trimolo system on uh, my '91 Fender uh, oh, American Strat, cool. and uh, it is freaking amazing. And uh, I'm going to go into detail about it. I've already did an unboxing video, and now I've, I've uh, and that's up. I've done an installation video to show how easy it is to install. Cause it doesn't require any modification to the guitar at all. And, wow. uh, then I'm going to do a, uh, you know, a video putting it through its paces while I'm doing a guest solo. And, uh, very cool. Yeah, so, that's, so that's, what's on the horizon right now. Just, and, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing some other things. I got, uh, I got this, uh, um, X five, uh, in air monitor system. Oh, I'm gonna cool. Doing a, I'm going to be doing a full, you know, full review of this, running it through its paces. And, uh, also, uh, KSR engineering, uh, got some, uh, some of their great stuff like the Vesta, uh, the Hera, Hera, and the, uh, uh EX five. And I'm going to be nice. doing uh, some in detail, you know, in depth videos about those That's and nice. uh, some yeah. other stuff. I'll probably do a video or two where I go through my entire comparison guitar
2: oh, I love comparison. roster
1: that I have. <laughs> I have got quite yeah. a few of those and, uh, yeah so that's the plan stuff like that and, and playthroughs and little mini lessons
2: okay cool. that's cool
1: i might do those as shorts i don't really know still trying to make up my mind you know this is, this is a new uh it's a new world for me you
2: know right are you right. are you going to do any lessons on like one-on-one lessons are you offering any of that or is this going to be on the youtube and Patreon? i'm thinking
1: about it currently i'm just uh i'm really only planning on uh the youtube uh, uh tuition stuff you okay. know there's so many amazing players these days and there's so many guys that are just incredible and already have their teaching slash you know, tuition game down on YouTube. So
3: mm-hmm. for
1: me to dip my toe into it, you know, I want to make sure I do something interesting and something that's, uh you know, that makes sense for me to do, you know, right. Um, James that's, why that's super might ex- Want that information oh, okay. from me, you know, yeah. right.
0: Totally. And I was just going to say that's super exciting, dude, just because, um, you know, for uh, the generation that I come from, hearing you you OGs on the early records and stuff, and and how the and I'm not trying to make this right off the bat in uh, editing situation in the studio, blah blah blah. But I'm just saying that like there are certain things that you guys had to learn and adapt to at that age with the. Uh, it, the little amount of technology that you guys had that time at that time. So yeah. it really is all we, we like to talk about how things are all in the fingers and um, it really does shine from that era because of the fact that you guys had to be so natural and organic in the studio. So I really enjoy hearing that somebody who had plenty of experience pre-internet and all that and pre-technology now wanting to you know dip their toes in the current state of of how things work you know play through videos and this this and that i'm sure you're not comfortable or not necessarily comfortable what i'm saying just it's not part of your wheelhouse because that's not really what it was like if i wanted to play through video from james murphy back in the 90s it would have been a shitty fucking bootleg (laughs) vhs tape, you know and (laughs) and and you would have to you know know the right guy or seek it out to really find probably the shittiest version you could probably come across because it's been dubbed over so many times and you know now with the right i was just gonna finish it with with the ready access of having the knowledge of somebody like james murphy readily available with a few clicks on your computer i i i I like that and i like that you want to be able to participate in that as well
1: yeah i certainly hope people see it that way and uh yeah i just confirmed it confirmed i'm at james murphy producer on youtube so go there and add me and subscribe and all that good stuff perfect um so that i can you know feel you know motivated to do this um i think i'm i think i'm under three thousand subscribers right now so I, know, I guess that's the thing you got to push your subscribers. Yeah, you know, for me, going. this is, this is not my, uh, natural habitat. You know? mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, but, uh, you know, I'm adapting to it and, uh, I'm finding that I'm enjoying it because, uh, I'm in control, you know? Right. You yeah. Know, that, that's beautiful. I think, I think there's, uh, uh, as you mentioned you know, this, this is a whole new world with the, uh, with the technology and, and, you know, social media and all that. And, uh, you know, what it boils down to is it's like anything else it's there's uh, pluses and minuses there's good and bad to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you mentioned like sort of all the editing and all that, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's certainly something that some bands embrace. And, you know, and, and, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm very old school. I didn't even have a four track cassette recorder until I joined Testament. You know? wow. <laughs> I did the, my initial demo that i did to to get interest from roadrunner for uh disincarnate um i did by bouncing back and forth uh guitar tracks and a little you know analog drum machine i had um wow uh with a a, a boom box and a double cassette deck <laughs> and a couple Ooh,
4: of no cheap
3: classic
1: microphones you know Dude, <laughs> i got that done it was really you know uh necessity is the you know mother of invention they say so i had right, to come up right. with a way to make it happen um mm-hmm. you know and then eventually you know so yeah every i mean everybody's got a digital audio workstation in their computer hell in their phones anymore these days
4: right exactly and
1: uh um you know i i do think that for 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 new artists for old artists like me it's really cool because uh it it gives me control and i have sort of a ready-made audience that's not to say that I don't have to reach out and and work hard to to build to bring them all in to you know to, to get people under the tent you know I absolutely mm-hmm. do have to do that but and I'm, and I'm working on it but uh you know it, it's it's maybe a little easier for me just in that I I, I have an audience of some sort you know right. already and so they're already sort of predisposed to be interested in what I'm doing what we've um,
0: what we learned with doing this show is um, consistency is one of the key components to continuously build a community or an audience. Yeah, or whatever. yeah.
1: it's you like know, anything. It's like I tell people, like I tell um, people ask me advice about guitar and about practicing and everything like that. I said, the key is consistency. Any To build anything, it's consistency. Do it mm-hmm, consistently mm-hmm. every day or, or whatever your schedule is you decided on and stick to it. And like, if you yeah, just, just play, make sure they don't play forget about minutes you. every day. That's way better than not playing for two weeks and then playing for nine hours one day. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. You're going to get far better progress, far better results, hitting it consistently 15 minutes a day and working on the things you need to work on. Right. You know, ideally you want to try to get more than 15 minutes you know, half hour to to an hour Yeah, but you you gotta have a starting point
0: at least if you're trying to if you're trying to make the change and you're trying to skew in a different direction start small don't don't shoot for the big things because you're going to end up failing and most humans that fail once they fail they stop so start slow I mean, really treat it like exercise. Go out and walk for fifteen minutes, and then come back home. The yeah, exactly. Do sixteen minutes. Do seventeen. You know, yeah. just build one percent each. Just day. go there
2: and touch the touch. Someone told me, just go to the gym and touch the door handle. Like, go, yeah. like just get there first. Start <laughs> the next the day, process. turn the handle.
1: Don't
0: open the door. Don't open the door.
1: It goes back to the to the to the learning. You know, to play guitar analogy, which is, you know. You start slow, do a little bit every day, because that's how you're going to build your calluses and start to build some muscle memory, you know.
5: Mm-hmm. You
1: have to you have to press those strings down. And when you're new, that hurts. It yes. does. And uh, eventually you get where you can play all day. And it doesn't, and it doesn't hurt.
0: Yeah, totally, yeah. dude that's rad dude I, I love all that and um i want to get more into that but james how we usually do this on the show we like to start as far back in your beginning as we possibly can you know as far back as your memory will take you to childhood when music clicked with you in some fashion you know you're you're doing something as a child and and you're actually realizing you're paying attention to the music more than anything else and you know whatever the your parents were playing in the house. We like to hear all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, uh, my parents were very eclectic, you know, music listeners. Just at the time, not not that they were very, uh, you know, uh, engaged in uh, you know cultivating music collection and listening to a broad variety of things. They just, you know, they were two different people that had different. You know, my mother was very much country. It was all mm-hmm. country and western. My father listened to a lot of rock, you know, anything from Jimmy Henderson, Pete Floyd to the, you know, like the Doobie brothers and, you know, the guess who and stuff like that. Right. And, uh, you know, he also liked country and country and Western and he he played a lot of that, but, you know, he, he was, he was into, you know, classic, what we think of as classic rock these days. And, you know, yeah. You know, the guess who, the who, (laughs) you know, some British stuff, lots of American stuff, credence, you know, all the stuff you might imagine, and uh and stuff like Elton John, like '70s Elton John, and stuff like that, and all that stuff was very influential to me because it was played in the house. Totally, that's what we had. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, my dad, even in the in the in the mid to late '70s, especially in the late '70s, he even even went through like a disco phase.
0: <laughs> nice. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you know, most people did at that time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Well I, well, I still to this day because of it, I have I have such an appreciation of Nile Rodgers because he was like the king of. Disco guitar back then, you know, like ah,
0: you know. that's actually a name that I haven't uh, heard, and now I want to check it out.
1: Right, freak out, or, or, uh, or oh good yeah, times? freak mm. out. I love that mm. shit,
0: mm. and
5: the all that funk guitar and shit. Yeah, was... you know, good times.
0: Before. Hell yeah,
1: <laughs> so good. You know, so I grew up with that that stuff playing in the house in the seventies, so it was always influential to me
0: killer dude so um and then you know uh did you were you born in florida
1: no actually uh um i probably would have been had my father not been in the service he was in the navy at the time that i was born hmm. and uh he had been stationed to the norfolk naval base okay in uh, uh in virginia and because of that i was born at the hospital right there in portsmouth Hmm. So I was born in Portsmouth, Virginia, but I, I didn't live there very long, you know, uh, I think maybe the first three months of my life, and then my dad got rotated out of Virginia, and, and you know, uh, anyone familiar with, you know, military service and the way it works is, you know, you get your your duty station, and you go live and work there, and uh, when you, when that tour is over, when that assignment is over, you usually get, you know, a nice little vacation back home, so, uh you know, he came back to came back to Florida and for a while he uh stayed in civilian life. He uh became a police officer and things like that. He always played guitar though. Um hmm. he was just, you know, a strummer, you know, a strummer and a singer. You know, mm-hmm. he would just sort of strum the chords and sing the songs and he everything from, you know, old country to like old stuff like I think possibly someone like old Eldus all this type stuff things like that and uh some folk songs like i think i remember he, one of his his big hits was always that song alice's restaurant if you've never heard that you know don't bother but <laughs> <laughs> but you know it was one of my dad's go-tos right and, uh you know so he always had a guitar around i wasn't necessarily always allowed to touch it but he had a guitar and uh and uh, he taught me my very first chord. You know, he taught me how to play, you know, E major and G major, D major and like A minor and things like that. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he, <laughs> he taught my very first melody, shaving a haircut, you know, <laughs> and that's kind nice, of what dude. got me started. You know, that in his record collection, you know, except by the late 70s, he had all this stuff. Everything from like you know the disco stuff with Nile Rogers playing killer guitar on it, to uh, uh, you know stuff like Doobie Brothers and and uh, Santa Esmeralda and uh, Christopher Cross, which you know people may not know, Christopher Frost Cross was slash is because he's still alive a ripper of a guitar player. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, it, you know it got buried in his yacht rock, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. When he would rip a solo, but a lot of times you hear these crazy ripping solos on on his stuff, and it's it's, it's him. Uh, what
0: makes yacht rock yacht rock? I I don't even know don't like know. an example of yacht vibe, rock. I've you know, just heard just that that. Vibe. Yeah. Hey,
1: I did. I didn't invent the term, so I, I don't really, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, I just but, uh, I don't
0: know. I've never heard any real examples fun. of what it is, but I've <laughs> heard the term. You know.
1: Yeah, well, Christopher Cross would be a, a prime example of okay. what more people are talking about when they use the, the the term yacht rock.
2: Right on. It's like pre-butt rock.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely.
4: <laughs>
0: well, cool. So, All right, so all that's that's uh, happening at home, and what age was it where you're seeing Dad's strum guitar, and was it Dad that made you decide? Well, I was just too? asked him
1: to show, me, to show me how to play, you know, some chords and stuff. And so he did. He still didn't really let me touch his guitar. So from about age eight, I started asking for a guitar. Yeah. I wanted my own guitar that I could play and that I could have in my room. And and, and I mean, every birthday, every Christmas, every opportunity that there was a time when, when I was going to get any kind of gift, I was like, I just want a guitar, just a
0: guitar. That was the top of it the It can be my
1: birthday and Christmas. I don't care. Just I want a guitar. Wow. But it, it, they never got me one. Oh, shit. My mom eventually got me an acoustic for high school graduation. Um, mm. But I started playing before that. Uh, was By my sophomore year, I think, sophomore, or junior year, junior year, my father let me start to take it because, it, you know, by then I, we were living in Germany. My, my dad was stationed in uh, Germany, actually, for the second time. And so I lived a total of six years in Germany as a kid. Actually started playing guitar in Germany seriously, and uh, you know, former, you know, was in my first band in Germany, and all of that. Wow! And uh, uh, you know, so if you go back to uh, you know, it would be about 1983 or something. And uh, I, uh, I wanted a guitar, of course. He, but I, I, I was going to Frankfurt American High School. There's a there, there was at the time an entire network of American schools, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to frankfurt american high school and uh, they actually had a guitar excuse me they actually had a guitar class and uh so i enrolled in that class and uh my dad uh let me take his guitar to school and wow. and take that class with it which was that was pretty cool because he was always so i mean you would think it was some kind of crazy valuable you know because it was a classical it was a nylon string classical was it
0: the same it was the same guitar since you were a kid
1: Yeah. It was wow. always the same one. He, he only ever had that one guitar. And no uh, uh, so he finally let me take it by the time I was, you know, like a junior in high school to, wow. uh, to school with me and uh, practice guitar uh, for my class. And uh, mostly that class was, you know, the teacher taught us out of Mel Bay book one, which is where you mm-hmm. have to you know, learn how to play the melody. Like Mary had a little lamb or whatever. It's yep. really, really lame and really dumb. But even the teacher knew it, but she had to do it she had to teach out of it to follow the you know the curriculum and uh but she would just let us do our work really quick and then she'd let us just group up in a in a circle in the back of the room and just play guitar so you're in germany because yeah she she wouldn't care (laughs)
2: like scorpions and stuff because you're in germany and the scorpions are probably like the biggest band out there right
1: no, not at all, man. You know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Joe. That's
1: like thinking, I don't know, like Menudo's the biggest band in Mexico. It's not you know, it's not... Well now it's no, not, Yeah, Germany was big. There, I mean the Scorpions were, were big there, of course. There, but they're because they were big everywhere. Yeah. Um but no, you know, I was uh you know, I actually did pretty well in school. Um I didn't have I'm to not- try that hard.
0: I had a I had a Um, quick question for you, James, because you were saying that you you graduated or you were going to high school in Germany, and you know your dad was stationed here, here, and here. How many times did you go to different schools as a child? A lot, a lot. I
1: I never counted it up, but it was a lot. But really, before before I lose my thread of what I was saying, I think sorry, I'm a little bit afraid I might already have. What was I
4: saying? (laughs) Uh, Scorpions, uh, being
0: in Germany.
1: Well, advance warning, fellas. I'm one of the olds now. So yeah. <laughs> if you interrupt my chain of thought, I'm,
0: I'm sorry, dude. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, I no, do that constantly on, on this. Anthony's,
2: Anthony's we'll Italian
1: learn, comes out. We'll learn one day.
5: That's <laughs> what <laughs> so we have the chat for. What was he saying?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, ah, sorry.
5: But, no, no, it's okay. Um, 10 seconds. Uh,
1: you know, I, I did really well in school. And because of that, I was able to, my teachers really liked me. I would come in I would do my work so fast I'd get it done. I never took homework home because I did it at school. As fast as I could because I valued my free time. And mm-hmm. uh, and what I used that free time to do was skip school <laughs> at least yeah. twice a week. <laughs> and uh I would I would uh, uh just walk right off campus and go hop on a U-Bahn, which is the uh the German subway system. And uh I would take the U-Bahn to uh to the Hauptbahnhof. Or or to to the uh, Hauptwache, and uh, you know, go to a, a number of uh, German uh, record stores and music stores, and uh, you know, I'd play guitars, I'd go buy records, do whatever, you know, nice. <laughs> whatever I'd save my little, you know, Red. little money up, and 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 I, I was buying. You know, in the in the early to mid '80s, I was buying just a crazy amount of records. And uh, I was
0: going to ask you what was like one of the uh, prime examples of relics well, that you were a. A really
1: used? good example is uh, uh, one of the things that me and Chuck Schuldiner ultimately bonded on quite a bit when we when we, in our first conversation uh, before I ever joined the band, which was uh, early '80s French heavy metal like Sortilege and H bomb. I had those records cause I had bought them in Germany and, uh, and the first time me and Chuck talked, you know, those records came up and I think that made a, a connection. He's like, okay, I, I see eye to eye with this guy about something, you know? So it, it sort of, I think it sort of paved the way to him thinking of me when, uh, you know, when they had the opening. Killer. Um, so yeah, bought all those records there and st- bands like trance and, uh, uh picture what you could know? you relate like the style of those bands to like what would what's shortilage like or what's trance like oh man it's sort of just melodic uh heavy metal mm-hmm. okay you know? oh, <laughs> yeah. very very french <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> very 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 french um
0: what year would like that be Germany, that you Germany would be buying like like,
1: like like trance were awesome they they kind of sounded like a like scorpions and i remember when i discovered except there okay hmm yeah. mm-hmm. I discovered quite a bit of stuff there. You know, I'm like, I, I discovered creator and destruction and and Sodom and all that stuff while I was there. And these
0: are all, this is your high school years, right? Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. while you're in high school, are you meeting like-minded guys that are, or gals? Absolutely. That they can to school
1: with me. <laughs> we went together usually.
0: Mm-hmm so and and were and it was school was it for specifically military kids yeah yeah okay so dependent, then you were you were youth, still coming youth. across other american children and
1: yeah yeah, yeah. i mean my my uh, high school frankfurt american high school i think the student body was 1100 wow wow damn so it was it was quite a bit
0: quite a mm-hmm. bit yeah definitely yeah. so okay and then at what time do you come back to the states in life um
1: uh you know shortly after graduation you know and uh like i had played in my first band which was just we got together basically for a variety show i think we played like three songs i don't even remember you know what all they were they weren't particularly heavy i think an old death leopard song you know Mm
3: -hmm, (laughs) mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) something from probably um uh you know one of their first couple albums you know before pyromania before the pop days blow um, stuff, yeah yeah like on through the night or something like that um and uh you know we played this variety show and uh, that was my very first band I, then i came back and uh, i decided to stay in florida uh, with my mother when uh when my dad went to got stationed to uh, louisiana but that didn't last long. I ended up in Louisiana anyway, and uh, mm. and you know was doing some of my first uh, civilian jobs. I say civilian jobs because uh, to, in order to buy my first guitar that I ever bought, which was not this one, <laughs> but uh, when I bought my very first guitar, I was still in Germany, and I and you know because my dad would never buy me one, I I had to wait till I was old enough to work in the. Uh, um, uh, department of defense dependent youth employment program Whoa, uh, so mouthful. if you're over there in a place in, you know in a place like germany the, the the dod used to have this program to put dependent youth of at least six you know 15 16 years old i think um you had to be at least the they put you to work <laughs> somewhere on base you know doing something and uh so two years in a row i worked as an as a, a helper To the main maintenance guy for the Giessen Military Base uh, Non Commissioned Officers Club, NCO Club. And uh, his name was Franz, and he looked like Schneider from All of the Family. Uh, (laughs) Not all of the family. Sorry, Schneider from, uh, oh man, I don't remember even the name of the show now. Uh,
2: I know me me and Anthony laughed like we knew. We (laughs) We
0: giggled. Yeah, yeah, this is way is. This sounds like a punchline.
1: An old, an old 70s sitcom. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, I was able to save up my money to get my very first guitar. And I just, I remember when I finally got that, that last paycheck that put me over the edge. I knew I was going to be able to afford a guitar. And I, I took uh, 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 the bus, which the, you know, the, the U.S. military provided from our housing area in Booth, in Bootsbach was the name of the town I lived. Uh, I went to school in Frankfurt, lived in Bootsbach. And the nearest big town to me to Bootsbach was Gießen. And uh so I took a bus over to Giesen, went to a little German music shop that I knew about that I had found out about there, and uh went in and bought my very first guitar and wow. uh that's my right. very first uh distortion pedal, which was an Ibanez tube screamer, a TS9. Oh nice. And uh I, I didn't manage to hold on to that one, unfortunately, but my very next one was a TS10 tube screamer that I that I got to replace that. And I did hold of that one. I actually still have it to this day. It's around here somewhere. It's, you know, well over 30 years old. It's 30 some odd years old. Going on probably 40 years old. And uh, um, I was still, I used it on every single album that I played on.
2: No um, shit.
1: Up to and including The Gathering. Wow, so tu-
2: so tube screamers, so they were just clean boosts instead of like an actual distortion pedal. So you're you're boosting kind of and you already had distortion in your amp or something,
1: yeah. The amp already had distortion, so what you do with the tube screamers, you get a, a little bit of extra bite. I didn't do it totally clean because you, first of all, the tube screamer is not really all that you, you can kind of approximate a clean boost with it, turn the gain down, obviously, turn the volume yep. up, but uh, um. You know, they do a little something, even with the gain all the way off. They do a little something. They do a little something to the signal, even if the pedal's off, which normally is not a good thing. But, you know, a lot of amps people were using for metal back in the day had kind of flabby low end, like mm-hmm. rectifiers in Old Mars. You know, the, the low end could get a little loose. Re- so the dual rectifiers up, yeah. in particular were kind of notorious for a flabby low end. Yep. You just throw a tube screamer on there, and it just tighten it right up you yep. know and uh, mm-hmm. that's why it became such a popular pedal but yeah but I would I would have the gain up at around probably you know like uh, if it were a clock face it would be like 10 or 11 you know uh, a clock you know and uh uh usually the uh, the the uh, tone which is sort of like your little Eq I usually sort of had that somewhere just off center of the middle depending on what I was doing it would be either cutting or boosting a little bit and uh, you know the uh, volume was probably up around like one o'clock or two o'clock on a clock face, and uh, uh, that you know it just really would tighten up the sound out because I had the gain you know up a bit it was uh, it added some bite it added some sustain it added some you know Mm -hmm. some nice little singing so I would step on that for uh, for solo sometimes you know sometimes you know with the rectifiers I found myself using it all the time because the mm-hmm. flabby low end of the dual rectifiers
2: actually one question i did want to ask now i mean you brought it up in the very beginning not to go too off in the weeds but you you were talking about your tremolo system and the one you just installed what's the difference between yeah specific gear talk well, uh what's what's the the deal with that bridge and i've never even heard of that i mean i've heard of a Kaler, i've heard of a floyd rose i've heard of yeah this, you know, this is yeah.
1: Uh, i don't i'm not really sure how long the company's been around they're not terribly old company but mm-hmm. they have mastered this thing it's called the vague trim vt1 ultra trim and uh it is a a, a replacement for strats and Strat style guitars. Oh, okay so and it the fits there it see, fits in the Strat. can you see yeah. the cavity you see yeah, the cavity yeah. yep you see how its form fits that cavity perfect yep well definitely on a on a regular stratocaster bridge it extends beyond the cavity so you don't really get any pull-up because it just hits the body
2: oh gotcha
1: to get any, yep. you have to kind of set the bridge jacked up where it's kind of sticking at a crazy angle up in the yeah. air, so that you can pull up a little bit, and that just feels uncomfortable to play, and your hands always hitting it and pushing you yeah. out of tune, and all that. You really yeah. want your 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 bridge to be level, you know? Yep,
4: uh,
3: definitely. Uh, definitely. Like
1: like like that, you know. And uh but like I said, you know, the traditional uh Stratocaster bridges, whether it's the six screw type or the the two point variety Mm -hmm. um they uh you know they extend beyond the cavity so you don't really get any pull-up but this is designed to fit tuck right into that cavity and you can you can see right there oh yeah yeah pull up and it it tucks right into the cavity Cavity. that's awesome so i get like a full like that's a minor third
2: Uh oh okay okay. yeah uh, you got the same floyd kind of thing it's like a Floyd Rose. Yeah, man. you can
1: pull up, and 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 the, the really great thing about this, besides just how well it works, how great it feels, so how cool. well it's made, is that it doesn't require any modification to your guitar at all. There's yeah. no locking tune, no locking nut at all. It's and it just, stays
2: in tune pretty well.
1: Stays in tune really well. Like I was just yanking on it. Let me have... And you play those type of chords, you know, if you're out of tune, you'll hear it right away. You know? Yep.
2: Yep. Yeah. Definitely.
1: So, uh, uh, yeah, it stays in tune really, really well. And, Is that a uh, Hetfield EMG? Uh, well, it's a fifty-seven. Of oh, the fifty-seven. Uh, I okay, I okay, got it. I know that the the original headset was a uh, an eighty-one in the bridge. I think he might have a set that he does these days that has a 57 in the bridge. So yeah, that's a that's an EMG 57 in the bridge. It's the uh, EMG SA in the middle position, single coil, yeah. And the EMG uh, SLV, which is Steve Lukather's signature model. Oh wow, cool, interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know, and I got the. uh, I think. Do I have a push pull? Is
2: there a boost, or is there just a single coil?
1: Yeah, i think i had them eliminate that when i had this <laughs> i had this business. i got you but but uh yeah no it's, they're, they're, they're uh, you know it's just a pretty a reasonably hot single coil
2: so i mean when you're when you were younger you said your dad wouldn't let you touch the guitar and stuff what kind of guitar did he have i'm sure you remember
1: it was just a nylon string classical oh, okay it's a nylon okay
2: just like yeah that. okay yeah and
1: yeah, yeah. uh you know he, he put it in the closet and i wasn't really allowed to touch it but Trust me, you know, <laughs> I also wasn't allowed to touch his record player, but, you know, I yeah. knew when he got home and we were on the third floor of an apartment building and I could see right out the big picture window you got when time. he pulled up. So I'd have his guitar out. I had records spinning on the turn. <laughs> at the time I'd see his car, I, I had enough time. No worries.
3: <laughs> yeah. have that guitar
1: in the closet, a record put away, everything turned down. I was like, well, hopefully he doesn't come over and put his hand on the amp, you know, because you the amplifier of the stereo system was you no, know, <laughs> but he never did he never did
2: yeah my dad would actually have same thing he, was, he had like really he's a bass player like really expensive bases but he would have them set up in a, in a way that if they were moved just a little bit he would he would set like traps for me and he would know that they were like i would i'd fuck with the stuff he'd be like well you messing with my bass?" i'm like no what are you talking about it's like back in the i like buffed it everything but i made that guy one sounds like my
1: dad in a way he used to do that like if he if i wasn't supposed to go in a room or something like that because like you know, one of the things he was, was, uh, uh, his, his, what they call MOS mode of service. Yeah. Uh, what he did in the military was he was, uh, uh a military police investigator and okay, as such, okay. he, he, as such he was issued handguns. Yep. And he sometimes, you know, he would have them at home when he was, uh, you know, in he without doing something else. Yep. And, uh, he would, uh, uh, he would rig little traps to see if i was fooling with his stuff trying to <laughs> you know as i was a kid i was you know i was a young kid i was interested in all of that no he
2: got me with that too he had a shotgun in his in his <laughs> closet and he had it angled a certain way and i just like was like one day i was like i just need to hold it for a second you know? like it's like i knew it was such a thing that you were not supposed to touch so i was like well i have to touch it now you know it's like a, I know. a <laughs> move. you know it's like you gotta go fuck with yeah it, oh, man, it's you
1: guaranteed know? you tell you tell <laughs> you yeah. know I, you know, not being a girl myself, I have no idea whether this applied to girls. But I, I know just from me and my friends and everyone wow. I've ever talked to in adult life, as as young boys, dad told us not to mess oh. with something. That's exactly what we were going to mess with. Exactly, exactly, gone okay. <laughs> on your
2: radar. That's on your radar now. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. don't fuck with my shit. And <laughs> as soon as we can, dude, I'm digging through it. Dude. So Anthony broke <laughs> his
2: headphones. It looks like
0: yeah, <laughs> I did. I put, them, <laughs> I put them down on there, the desk and then I. I kicked the cord with one foot and simultaneously stepped down on the other one in one fluid motion. And so I have broken headphones now. And I tried to go uh, on the computer speakers, but I was like, oh, shit, it might like echo go. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna have to fucking sit like this. Dude, my <laughs> life is just fucking Yeah, no, one light looking and then one <laughs> It's so funny. Dude. Oh dude. What I have to go through every single week to get this shit going, <laughs> dude.
2: <laughs> Ah, <sighs> oh man, But I still love it, guys. I really do. I swear, weird. all the
5: audio listeners, it looks like he's like DJing, or, like with a broken, but it looks head. like he's like, like a it's weird
2: holding the headphones, like one to one. To it's the a broken, one. the broken side is facing out, so it looks like a J kind of sticking looks, out of it. I mean, yeah. for the people listening, people can see it. You know? I mean, <laughs> I can do it like
5: that thing back
0: on your head somehow.
2: You can flap that, back. oh, yeah, there
5: you
0: go. Oh go. shit! It actually—I <laughs> just hair. like threw it on there and it stayed. I tried to do it like this before. It's gonna—I can feel the right ones creeping off the ears. because <laughs> you have a toupee, but it's
2: fine. <laughs> you have like plastic
0: hair. <laughs> but uh <laughs> sorry, James. Did, again, yeah, I'm derailing things <laughs> yeah,
2: Get some duct tape. Yeah, just <laughs> tape right it around your head. <laughs> okay. No,
0: I, I can it's feel deep. now. It's sitting literally. I gotta like keep my ears perked up to like hold it.
2: You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you got. Right. It. You'll be fine. But oh, uh, so back back on the, I mean, so you're going back. To, were you ever jamming like in band, like full fledged bands in Germany, or that didn't happen until you got back to the states?
1: Yeah, yeah. My very first band, you know, w- what we used to do was uh, we'd get together and uh, in order to rehearse, it, it was kind of a cool situation because you could just go down to the base. We, we could get on base. We had our military IDs. So we'd go right on base, and you could go to the rec centers. Mm, oh, gotcha. In the rec centers, they always had rooms that you could use you just signed up for it you know like hey yep. i want to use this room and they tell you like okay you can, yeah you can use that room and you can you know you can use it until this time because mm-hmm. so we just and they man they had amps there they had instruments there they had everything wow um, you That's know awesome. we would of course bring our own uh stuff but it, you know, there was always stuff there and uh and you know because of this you know we we, we sometimes jammed with you know some young gis and you know, things like that, you know, because they were always there at the rec center. And, uh, so that's, that's what we did. And, uh, you know, we practiced and we eventually played that, uh, variety show, (laughs) the high school variety show.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you know,
1: we played our our little cover songs and, and that was it. That's all we did. And then, then my dad, uh, was rotated back to the States. And that's when I met my old buddy, Mike Rizzo, who, uh, um, still plays guitar to this day. He plays an Iron Maiden tribute band um, still, I think to this day, but um you know, well, we Before together we move on and, you know, from that, cover James.
0: Band. before Pardon? we move on, sorry, before we move on from that, I want to know. So you did the variety show when you got up on stage, was it an exhilarating experience to where, when you came back to the States, you're like, I want to, I want to experience that again.
1: Well, um, the, 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 the very surprising massive applause when we were done i mean as far as i know looking back on it maybe they were just that glad we were done <laughs> <laughs> but it it erupted and that was a good feeling everything right, up yeah. until that moment was
0: nerve-wracking or
1: yeah. terrifying <laughs> right yep yep definitely. so i remember the, the aggravation was that uh you know and this this is a funny thing because this was in germany and this was 1984 and the name of our band was Assassin. Mm. We we didn't know that there was a German band in Essen named Assassin. Maybe they uh. didn't even exist yet. And I'm quite sure that the the German band Assassin never heard of this little <laughs> band of American kids who right. played a couple cover songs at a high school variety show once. Um, <laughs> yeah. They never heard of us, you know. So, but uh, yeah, my first band was called Assassin. It was in Germany, and I remember being so irritated that (laughs) that the the woman who introduced us, she asked us, what's the name of your band? And we said, Assassin. Mm -hmm. And she said, Assassin. Okay, cool. And then she goes out and says, please welcome the assassins. And I go, oh, Uh, damn it. (laughs) We are not a group of assassins. We are all
0: in one as one assassin.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah yeah and uh so you know i was irritated and then all of a sudden i realized i had to play and so then i got scared yeah yeah and then you know and and, uh, i'm quite sure that i probably played a few clunkers you know right off the bat but then Mm -hmm. we got into the groove of it all the practice kicked in and then when we were done as awful as it probably was the place erupted in applause and uh that that's when the good feeling hit me and i was just like
4: hmm
2: I Got that? a new drug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the bug got dude. you. The bug, the the playing shows bug got you. That's cool. So you yeah. went back. So you weren't playing any originals; as all of covers. So you got back to the states. Did you start grouping and together Mike, with your was friend Mike, Mike friend Rizzo?
0: Friend. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say a friend. Mine, friend.
1: He still is. He's still a friend of mine. And uh,
0: before uh, you went uh, to but, Germany, too? No,
1: no. I met oh, him. Okay. In, I met him in Louis, at Fort Polk, Louisiana, where my which was my dad's next duty station. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was only, I I didn't live there very long. I was, you know, out of high school and I, you know, was needing to get my life started. And I just didn't, I didn't really want to do it in Louisiana. You know, Uh, I mean, I mean the biggest, (laughs) the only town real nearby Fort Polk is this little podunk place called Leesville. It's nothing. It's a nothing burger. No, 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 no offense to anyone that might happen to be listening from Leesburg, but uh, uh, I'm sure you all agree. It's not, Yeah, it's, it's not a major metropolitan area. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, we, we just played covers. Me and, me and Mike, you know, we, we did everything. We did Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Metallica. We even had some hairband stuff in there like rat and hmm. what have you. And we did loudness, <laughs> Mm you know yeah yeah
0: so this is what like
1: (laughs) 85 or
0: something you're saying 84 was in germany so is this 85
1: this was 85 and yeah
0: this was 85 okay nice yeah so you got you got mike rizzo the homie and you guys are jamming and all that stuff do who's the one who comes with the first extreme metal record to the group and says well dude like slayer or something at that time
1: i already had those records Uh, you know i had bought them in germany you know Uh so you know, so you already
0: came across slayer and all that stuff in germany
1: yeah Mm -hmm. okay nice yeah absolutely as soon as they came out i was aware of them as soon as it came out you know i mean believe me they were being pushed really hard in the german magazines you know i'm sure yeah and uh you know you know, you know. <laughs> so now was yeah. was so uh,
0: Rizzo keen on that stuff when you came back to the states too or were you well i'll just say this
1: <laughs> i remember i think he liked slayer pretty quick i think he was really into slayer pretty quick but i remember when i very first played him um i played him creator
4: mm.
1: and uh i remember setting this Yo, dude, you're gonna love this these guys are so cool And I put it down and it started off, you know, track one, I think of uh, it was uh, it was the song Riot of Violence. (laughs) (speaking) Riot of Violence. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he was just like, what is he saying? (laughs) Riot of Violence. He said, it sounds like Waka Waka. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, from then on, he was just like, oh, don't. Were gonna Every time I, it was my turn to play music. He said, oh, don't, "Don't play that Walka Walka band." <laughs> <laughs>
0: the Walka Walka band—that's awesome. Yeah, dude. yeah.
1: But, uh, but you know, my you know, I think Mike really loves Creator these days. But uh, yeah. back then, he didn't know about him, and and it just sounded like Walka Walka to him.
0: That's that, a, was, that's he a he common a thing of. we've talked about on the show. Joel's been through it. A bunch of people have been through it. But yeah. It, if if you're not ready for it it does sound like waka waka when you hear it you know yeah you come from but, like
2: normal like i mean maybe like more aggressive like yeah you listen to butt rock vocals then you go to a more of aggressive style and you're like, like chris you
0: barnes f-? come across your <laughs> your attention you're like this is waka waka <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know i love that that's the first time i've heard that and now i've already said it twice it's going to be part of my
2: vernacular wait till, wait till
1: you listen to right of House. i might even put
2: it on right on the background (laughs) so So 85
0: you guys are you got you guys are still covering i want to know uh who's the first person that comes with their own original riff
1: in that band uh you know we would play riffs for each other just personally you know what i mean and you know most of mine were kind of at that time kind of you know what used to be called speed metal
4: Mm -hmm.
1: slayer was considered speed metal. You know what I mean? That's what people called them. You know, no one called them death metal or, or any, or or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I, I was, I was probably the, the one among us that was busting out speed metal riffs. And, uh, I think, you know, Mike was probably at that time doing a little bit more traditional, heavy metal, melodic, heavy metal type of stuff.
0: Mm. -hmm. And how long does it great at that stuff? How long do you guys as a unit go forward from that point?
1: Oh, I, I would say it was probably less than a year. We played, uh, I think, maybe two bar gigs on mm. on Fort Polk. Yeah, um, you know, probably a, a, you know this. You know, I don't know how on PC it's allowed to get around here. <laughs> go for <laughs> it! But there was a a a a bar called. Uh, the three sisters and that it right there in leesville and we played the the gigs that i played with them there playing the covers was mm-hmm. right was at that bar the three sisters and it had it had the picture of three sisters you know the on the sign outside and it ended like just below you know just below their rib cages you know yeah, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we used to call it the Six Titties. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go play Six Titties. <laughs> oh, dude.
0: What are you doing tonight, dude? Uh, just head down to the Six Titties, dude. Yeah, that's what's all any of us ever called it.
1: We never called it. <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: yeah. nothing else going on, dude. gonna yeah. pick out Six that, Titties.
1: Yeah, and I, I just decided to get out of there. You know, I was just like, you know, I want, I want to go live in Florida. There's a scene happening there. There's bands popping up there. You know, like my, my. Like one of my favorite bands. I was like, I've got to get there so I can see Sabotage, man. You know, was all...
0: real quick, let's just show James how PC the show is. Pull up uh,
2: Ian's. Uh... <laughs> he says, I, w- I would have called it Nine Holes. <laughs> <laughs> That's how PC
0: the show is, James. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys
1: know that, you know, Power of the Night.
0: That sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, man,
1: yeah. power of the night out so Hell yeah great. and Hell uh yeah. uh you know i wanted to get there and, and nasty savage and death you know I, I i wanted you know at the time you know i think it may have still been called mantis at the time but you know i was a tape trader and uh you know because of my time in germany i i, I was early in the game of trading with people from europe you know right uh, I, uh, and uh
0: well-versed yeah
1: yeah so i recognized through fanzines and everything like that that you know hey my my mother lives you know in our drive from where most of this stuff is happening in either direction either orlando or tampa you know Mm. and she lived right there in lakeland you know pretty much so wow i came back and uh moved into my mom's and i started uh uh You know just practicing my butt off
4: Mm -hmm.
1: and you know working in a warehouse and practicing my butt off so eventually i got a you know decent enough and well versed enough and stuff to uh i I, I remember i went into a a local music store called carlton music and i was playing and uh the the guy just said hey you're pretty good uh you ever thought about teaching and i was like huh what does it pay (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And he just kind of went into it with me and I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. <laughs> so I ended up teaching there for a couple of years uh, right up until uh, I uh, got the gig in Agent Steel, actually.
2: Hmm. So talk uh, about uh, that. So Agent Steel, so what... what...
1: Well, um, you know, I had uh, been, you know, going back and forth to Tampa for a while. I had been trying to audition for bands. And because, uh, you know, I I was teaching guitar. I was practicing my butt off. And
0: were you and writing at all? I too? did with my
1: time. Pardon?
0: Were you writing at all too?
1: Yeah, I was I was writing riffs. I, I had mm-hmm. a collection of riffs probably on my little boombox cassette deck. You know, <laughs> that right. was as advanced as I was with it. Um, I, I wasn't jamming with anybody. So it was really hard to fully flesh out a song. Um, I figured out how to do it by the time I was writing material for Disincarnate a few years later. But um, initially, there, you know, well, probably about five years later from then. But uh, yeah, I just wrote wrists. I, I wouldn't say that I had at that point had written any complete songs. Right. Um, I actually wrote my first complete song in that band. And, mm. uh, but uh, I'll get to that. Uh, I used to go, part of, part of my routine to find bands to audition for was to drive into Tampa to a music store that was called Thoroughbred Music. And it was uh, it was the place to go. And I used to go mm-hmm. there all the time, and I, I remember, I remember, lots of crazy stories happening there. Like I remember the time I was in there, and I, you know, I had already been to see Morbid Angel live. You know, I would seen them play like at, in Brandon and and, and Tampa, and mm-hmm. uh, so when I when I ran into uh, Richard Burnell in there, I recognized him, and I was just, hey, Richard, what's up? He's, oh, hey, dude. I mean, he recognized me from a show or something. And it was you got people understand about these shows; they were small, right? You know, yeah, small little places. And if you if you were persistent, went up and talked to the band and stuff like that, they remembered you because they hadn't done anything at that point. They they could still retain your face. Oh
0: right, right. well, yeah, there's James <laughs> so, from the last. So he remembered show, me he's like, oh
1: hey dude, what's up? And he goes, oh, and I was like, yeah man, what's up with you? And he goes, oh, we just finished our we just finished our uh, our, our debut album, man. It's coming out on Gork Records,
4: and uh, <laughs> you want to
1: hear it, man? I got it out of my car on tape. So went out to his car. <laughs> Yeah, and uh he threw the cassette in and played me what you know abominations of desolation and i didn't yeah. end up coming out um for another few years um because they ended up getting david vincent in the band retooling the songs and retooling the album and signing right. the earache and coming out with uh you know Alters of madness as their debut album instead and then then you know everyone knows that that album did eventually abominations came out
4: mm-hmm. later
1: as sort of like mm-hmm. a Hey, this was a thing we did. The precursor. The yeah. Check it out. And uh, 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 yeah, yeah, just remember those res Yeah, loved all, loved all that stuff. Oh, yeah!
0: So uh, uh, okay, so
1: oh yeah but anyway yeah i would go to thoroughbred i lost i lost the thread of why i was talking about thoroughbred i went to thoroughbred to to, uh, look at their bulletin board bulletin boards were a thing you know they had a massive bulletin board in there and uh, uh i had you know answered a number of ads out of that bulletin board off that bulletin board and had gone and tried out for bands and i never got any of them you know i just kept like oh yeah you know yeah you play okay but you don't really have the image we're looking for we're looking for you know that was a big thing so
4: i was letting my hair
1: grow but it was it was not quite really long yet you know Mm -hmm. but i was letting it grow and uh i don't know what happened i don't know whether eventually my hair got long enough or i got good enough but uh, (laughs) one day i saw an ad that said you know combat records banned relocated from california looking for you know florida you know guitarists to to you know come on board and you know, and, and, uh, uh you know, you're, you know, we got a European tour, you know, booked, it's coming up and, you know, our new album is about to drop. And, uh, it did not identify who the band was, but it, it had, you know, that thing we used to, we used to do back in the day where you, you take the bottom part of the flyer, you'd mark it off into little strips
0: and, and then, then cut them, cut
1: those strips with scissors and each, each little strip could be easily torn off and it yep. had the phone number written on it. Mm-hmm. And that's the way you'd get the phone number off a flyer. You just, peel off one of the tabs right well you know i was just like holy shit combat records band man like death is on combat records whoa i yeah it's probably not death because that's not from you know they had been in california Hmm, who could it be you know yeah and uh so uh, uh i i took the whole damn flyer you guys there. You get all the tabs screw, screw everybody else and uh <laughs> but i you know i called it and i and i spoke ended up speaking to uh, a young lad named richard bateman and oh, he had been yeah. chosen to be the bass player Yeah. and uh uh w- people you know w- w- with enough background knowledge of the florida scene might recognize richard bateman as for many years being the bass player of nasty savage that's what he that's went on guy. to do after this but he had been chosen uh to be the bass player and they were still looking for a guitar player it was the singer and drummer and and whatnot that had come from California and they were looking for a bass player and guitar player and they found Richard. And then the number that I called was actually Richard and Richard arranged for me to have an audition. So I came down and I, that's when he revealed to me that it was agent steel and their album unstoppable force was going to be dropping in a, in a couple of months on, on uh, combat. And that in, you know, right after that was scheduled a European tour to support it. And they needed somebody like right then to start learning the songs and practicing. And so, um, uh, I I jammed a little bit, you know, for them there, just playing, just playing because I didn't know any of their songs yet. They gave me a tape of the of the new album, and I have to say that that tape because you know I I I I had already had uh, uh, (coughs) uh, their their very first album, which for some reason I'm brain farting on the name of it and i and i went out and got mad lucas rising an ep that they had and uh uh, but they gave me the uh, an advanced cassette of unstoppable force and that cassette man that thing really was a a motivating factor for me because the guitar Mm -hmm. player that they had left behind in california the guy who i was going to have to replace and they wanted me to play those solos exactly like the album as much as i could right and uh that was bernie versailles and that mm. dude was a, a monster player back then okay
2: mm-hmm. and, i've heard uh, that name before what can you i was gonna bernie say the last name versailles, sounds familiar
1: Well, more recently and you know in more recent decades he's he was associated with the band redemption okay he's in that band and uh he, he had been sick up until recently i, I don't know if he's recovered but Mm. Uh, he he had some medical issues for which he was going to require a lengthy recovery, and I'm not really sure. I need to check up on that. I'll, I need to ask Juan Garcia. You know,
4: who you might yeah. know
1: from Bio? from a uh, uh, body count? But oh,
4: boi- after oh that he was uh, in
1: uh, Agent Steel, and he was in Evil Dead. Oh, and yeah. uh, he was he was the other guitar player in Agent Steel with Bernie, and uh, I'm I'm good friends with Juan. I've known him for for years and years. But uh, uh, Bernie was just a monster player, and his solos on that album, man, I really had to bust my hump to learn those. Man, it was, it was. I was taken to the woodshed by those solos, nice, and uh, dude. it helped propel me mm-hmm. to be able to play what I played to, to 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 even have the chops to be able to approach joining a band like death and playing what i ended up playing on spiritual healing i don't sound anything like bernie no um, but his chops were so advanced compared to mine that by virtue of learning his stuff it it brought my chops up so i
0: think i think that we all need those kinds of people those colleagues or peers that you you get close enough to respect one and then two you see that they are further ahead of you however further ahead they are but they're obviously in your eyes further ahead so you see that you don't want to be not only you don't want to be the one left behind but then there becomes this like healthy competition of like i'm gonna i'm gonna try and pass you up type oh deal, yeah, yeah you we, know
1: um i've never even met bernie in person and oh okay uh, but uh he but you was, understand uh, what
0: I'm saying, you know? it's, no, it's absolutely. Will appear it, it in the sense that yeah, you know, it,
1: it, these people act as a wedge for you.
0: Mm-hmm. you know, yep.
1: To help push you through, right? Uh, uh, choke points that you may be at, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think I might have been at a little bit of a choke point there, where I, I had advanced quite a bit. I was good enough to get the gig, without mm-hmm. having even learned the solos yet. But by virtue of learning the solos the best I could. Um, it really advanced me. Like I said, it didn't. It didn't make me sound like Bernie. I didn't play like him. Um, but uh, it absolutely gave me a, uh, you know,
0: a drive.
1: A, 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 yeah, yeah. And it was just like a chops, you know, masterclass, really. You know? Right, and, and that uh, wasn't uh, the man, first and the only movie. time
0: you came across that, too, I'm sure, in your career. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you get, well, I Pretty you
1: know, to this day. He's still a, he's still a great player. Um, and, uh, you know, a nice guy. Um, I, I, I think I've spoken to him a little bit, but I've mm-hmm. never met him in person. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so, but, uh, you know, you asked me about, oh, you know, when did I write a song that, like, uh, they wanted to write, as we were preparing for that European tour, you know, we were playing, um, you know, the first album, the, the, the Mad Looks Rising EP and uh, songs off the new one and a healthy dose of the songs off of Unstoppable Force. And, uh, but they wanted to write and perform a new track on the tour. And uh, so I, I, I just started writing it right there in rehearsal. Let me see I remember Oh hell! I can't remember it now. It's all good. Something like that. I don't know. It was very speed metally, you know. Right, right. Not, yeah. not a great song. Not, you know, it was probably it was the first song I ever wrote by myself. And uh, trust me, I screwed it up. I screwed it up real bad live. <laughs> and there's a recording of that still going around. And don't you dare play it. <laughs> I will track it down individually <laughs> 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 and make your lives living hell <laughs> oh
0: shit so okay so how long did now okay that section of your life with Agent of steel how long did that last well
1: i, I decided ra- very quickly you know after i was got associated with it. i mean i almost quit i walked out before the tour really i walked out of a rehearsal in I don't know, like, I don't remember where we were, like Clearwater or somewhere like that, somewhere in Tampa or Clearwater, wherever he was staying at the time. Um, We had rented a uh, uh, rehearsal space and uh, uh, the singer, John Cyrus, is what he goes by. It's not his real name, but... um, uh, He decided uh, that uh, everyone needed to get tattoos. Everyone needed an Agent Steel logo oh, and his Jesus. weird little, his weird little alien symbol that he made. I don't, It's kind of don't like know. a little triangle with little lines coming out of it. I don't even remember what it looked like, but it was a, a little symbol that he associated, you know, with aliens and and with the band's branding. Okay. And he wanted everyone to get that tattoo. It's like, ah, we're going down. We're going to go get tattoos. And I was just like, yeah, I'll go with you, but I'm not getting a tattoo. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're all gonna get it. We're all gonna get it. Everyone's gonna get it. He's all next well, to the
2: girlfriend's name that I'm gonna break up with in yeah, five years. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so, he's, like, yeah. he's like, I'll get six titties, but I'm not getting AGC. <laughs> well,
1: we, we were five guys, okay, and we left that, that tattoo shop that day with three of them branded. Oh, Jesus. and guess which two did not get the tattoo? <laughs> Me. And the guy that insisted that everyone get the tattoo I can mean, oh, say fucking that dude. Cult leader. Yeah. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> exactly. He wanted to brand everybody, but he didn't want it to be branded. You know what I mean? Oh, he just wanted he wanted to it was a control thing with him. And so yeah. I was just like, it, he he got so mad. He, it was just like, Well, well, you can't go on the tour if you don't get the tattoo. And I was just like, Well, then I'm not going on the tour. And I started packing my stuff. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> they
4: funny.
3: actually
1: waited until I was driving out of the complex. And they hopped in their car and cut me off. And I thought they were gonna like attack me, but instead they sent Mr. Nice Guy, Richard Bateman over, I think, to say, oh, hey dude, they said you don't have to get the tattoo, dude. They just really want you to do the tour. It's like a game
2: of chicken. I was like,
1: okay. But so many things happened on that tour. It was my very first tour ever. And actually you gotta understand that the very fourth time that I ever played library, Number one was the High School Variety Show. Yeah. Two hmm. and three were at the Six Titties playing cover songs. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And number four was headlining Hammersmith Odeon. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And so it was a cool experience on a lot of levels, but right. crazy stuff happened. And uh, I, I was introduced to a level of crazy that I didn't know people could uh, achieve.
4: Wow. Yeah. And,
1: hey, I don't know whether the guy was just having problems at the time. Maybe, you know, I don't want to characterize who he is now as a person. Maybe he's gotten help. Maybe he's changed. Maybe he's grown up. I don't know. I, I wish him all the best. More power to him. But at the time, he was a nutter, and it's very well documented.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, uh, one of the things, you know, we understand, we were we were actually headlining and opening the tour was Adam Craft uh, who was led by Tony Dolan, who these days is the the, the, the front man of, you know, the bass player, front man of, uh, of Venom. Oh. Um, yeah. yeah. And, uh, but it was uh, the Demolition Man, Tony, the Demolition Man Dolan. And uh, that was his band at the time, Adam Craft. And oddly enough, and you got to understand, this was 1987. I was 19 years old. Um, the, the tour manager of the tour was Tony, a different Tony, and I forget his actual last name, but we you would might know him as Abaddon, oh, okay.
4: the drummer of Venom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So in
1: 1987, Tony from Venom, Abaddon, was a tour manager, and he was tour managing the tour and uh, opening that tour for us was, I think I think we might have alternated nights in Europe, so maybe it was co-headlining. I'm not sure. Too many years under the, you know, <laughs> under the bridge, but uh, yeah, I think possibly we alternated nights um with nuclear assault. So it was Adam craft opening and you know nuclear assault and age of steel alternating nights. Wow. And uh, um frankly I preferred to play before nuclear assault you know. Um yeah. yeah I, I, that was just a better vibe to me but you know you know, for us like this, a weird like sort of a proto power metal band at the time you know what mm-hmm. was called a speed metal band at the time with really clean vocals. I mean that it's essentially a power metal band these days, except he's saying about aliens instead of wizards, you know, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. but uh, he, uh, uh, he had very weird ideas. Um, and one of his ideas was that, you know, we shouldn't talk. To the opening bands, including nuclear, especially nuclear assault, because they were label mates and they therefore they were direct competition for us at the wow. label, resources and and attention. So we should not talk to them at all, ignore them, blow them off. Don't talk to them the entire tour. And I'm and I'm sitting there as he's telling me this, telling all of us that we need to do this. And I'm thinking to myself, "What? The
0: Glad fuck? I didn't get the tattoo.
1: What the <laughs> fuck? Yeah, I <thank, laughs> yeah, Think, fuck. I didn't get that tattoo. And <laughs> the fuck, I'm gonna go by this shit. And I remember we we got to London a little early, and uh, so the hotel room wasn't ready. And it was right. It was it was all within walking distance. The Hamio as they call it, um, the Hammersmith, and uh, the hotel and everything was, I think, kind of walking distance. I might, I might be misremembering that, but it was all in the same general area. And, uh, but the, uh, uh, the hotel wasn't ready yet. It was actually a pretty decent hotel and the room wasn't ready yet. So the hotel said when, we you know, when Agent Steel got there, they, they gave us some like drink tickets and said, yeah, go over to this, uh, little cantina thing next door and, you know, have some beverages and, and relax and we'll, we'll let you know when the room's ready. So we went over there and, uh, you know, we were there, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, half an hour. And, uh. Then I guess nuclear assault had showed up in their room also wasn't ready, and the hotel sent them over there as well. So mm. that was the very first time we saw nuclear assault. I was already a nuclear assault fan. So right. like he's sitting there telling us that we need to not talk to them and blow them off. I'm just like, the fuck you say, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. And uh uh I, I fucking love them. I mean, game over is the shit. You know, I right. love that album. And uh um uh, oh, yeah. uh uh so I recognize them. Right away, I because I know them from the album covers. I know them from videos. How could you
0: not recognize them. Danny?
1: Yeah, you cannot. You cannot not recognize Danny and Paul Gangler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh yeah. Uh, and and I was like, oh, that's Danny Loker. Fuck that. Oh man, there they are. That's Nuclear Assault. And I'm looking at him and and Cyrus right away goes, "Yep, there they are." Don't even look at him. And he just turns <laughs> away, Don't. and everyone just kind of turns away. And I'm I'm looking over at him, trying trying not to get seen by these assholes. You know, yeah, that particular asshole. And I'm, I'm, and I'm seeing nuclear salt, and I'm kind of giving him a little nod. I'm trying to give him a nod, like, hey, <laughs>
2: <laughs> like when everyone turns their head, you're like, what's up? But oh, I'm just like, man, them. I don't
1: know what I'm in. One of the the first thing this dude did after we got in country was he said, oh, this is normal, you know. Um, I'm tour managing, and it's normal that I collect all the pass everyone's passports, and I keep it safe in my lockbox. And we all had our passports over, even my dumbass. Soon as he had our passports, he was just like, "And if you piss me off, I'm going to kick you off the bus in the middle of wherever, and without your passport." You know, he literally said that to us. Mm. I was like, "Oh, Jesus!" So So I'm sitting there not knowing what the hell to even do, (laughs) and I'm watching John, and he's refusing to look at him, and he does this. He goes, (laughs) (laughs)
3: "Like, rub his head
1: with it." And I look over and I see those guys see it. They're looking and they're, they're like trying to get our attention. Like, hey, hey, as they're trying to get in the door and okay. they see that, they go, like, what the fuck? What the
4: fuck? Yeah, and, they, you
1: know, and then someone controlled them. I, I think they would have come in and just started throwing hands, you know? Right. So, but uh, someone with them, it may have been Tony, it may have been Abaddon, but, you know, someone calmed them down and said, look, just fucking ignore them back, you know? Fuck it. If this is the way they're going to be, then fuck them, you oh. know?
0: I love everybody it's, I've toured with. It's so funny that I'm hearing this cuz it's like I I the first thing I want to do is get to know everybody that I'm gonna exactly, on the road
2: with, exactly. yeah, yeah. going to be with. Yeah, yeah. You want to You want to this adventure. We're going on an so, adventure so, together.
1: So, so to to sort of wrap that story up, you know, you know, we, we all go to our hotel rooms. We get our de- hotel rooms at different times. You know, we went in first and then those guys. And then I went down and I went out and about. I was looking for, you know, had the evening to myself. I was looking for you know, get a snack, maybe look for a little souvenir from my mom or some crap like that. The kind of thing you right. do when you're in London for the yeah, first just thing.
0: get the fuck away from everybody else, go do your yeah, own little Yeah, yeah, thing. I wanted yeah. to
1: do walkies, I wanted to check out Carnaby Street, whatever you know, I wanted to do all of that. Yeah. and so I, I went and was doing that. And when I came back, um, I'm crossing the lobby, headed towards the lift, as they say, the, the elevator, and uh, and the door was closing, so I, you know, I hustled and slid right through it. Just nice. threaded the needle right down down stuff. And I'm and I and I'm standing there and I look up and surrounding me in a, a semicircle is like is the fucking nuclear salt. And they're all <laughs> me like one of those motherfuckers. And I stood up, I looked at the deer headlights for a second, and I was just like, I was like, dudes, I don't know what the fuck that shit was all about. I'm new, I just signed on for this tour. I fucking love you guys this hit me you know they were like oh fuck yeah i knew one of them had to be cool <laughs> nice, <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, yeah, so cool. they were they were like they relaxed and and you know <laughs> and i i i spent most of the tour hanging out with them
2: good <laughs> fuck yeah that's, <laughs> so, the, to say, that's I, the end I, of the story i stopped. wanted I to was hear still
1: bad with that yeah,
2: yeah cause cause, that was had to been your, your last tour probably with that dude right with oh the... yeah yeah you
1: know i re- they yeah. tried to get me to uh to stick with them a little longer and i i refused
2: it's in fact in fact, you. i
1: had to pull some. stuff i had to pull i had to be deceptive to get my gear back because you know that's called cartage you know that the companies that send your gear back and forth across overseas and stuff it's uh, a cartage companies do that and we were waiting for the cartage and I, I was only sticking around at this apartment that they rented down in south florida after we got back from that tour i was only sticking around in Just order to make sure to, all your uh, shit showed up to, to get my shit. And my kids kept not showing up, not showing up, not showing up. And there was this kid, young kid that they had as a roadie. He was like two years younger than me. He was 17. I was 19, but he was big. You know, I was tall and skinny. He was kind of short, but stocky, you know, mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of, kind of built. And uh, Cyrus started getting him to fuck with me. I think because I had, uh, I had said, I liked King Diamond, but I thought King Diamond was killer. <laughs> you know? Cause it came on MTV. Like some King Diamond came on MTV. And I was like, they wanted to change it. I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I love this. And, it pissed cyrus off that i liked king diamond so he got this hey, to fuck with little me.
0: fucking weirdo dude. yeah
1: yeah This
0: so not my style dude this guy exactly. Bill my Bill
1: doing uh <laughs> cyrus's bidding and coming over and fucking with me about it and he and i'm sitting there on the couch trying to watch this damn video really just waiting for my card card to get back so i can get my Yeah. but this kid starts poking me in the chest he goes what are you gonna do what are you gonna do murphy what are you gonna do I was just like, I'm going to punch you in the fucking face. That's what I'm going to do. He's like, uh, you wouldn't fucking, you couldn't, you got to punch me. Bam! I'm punching him right in the fucking face. Nice. And then, <laughs> then we were fighting for like probably the longest fight I've ever been in my life. It just no, kept going did. and going and going. When we finally, when it finally ended, we were both in the bathroom, swishing salt water because of all the cuts inside all the, the, the mouth, from cussing, bapping each oh, other upside the head. Oh, you know. But we were both so tired and so done. We just didn't fight anymore. We were just passing the salt to each other. (laughs) Isn't that funny? Kind of
0: like this respect after that. Like, uh, Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like that. We we both put ourselves through that. You
1: know, I called my mom and I told her what had happened. I was just like, yeah, I'm sorry. I sound funny, but I got to fight and all this, this shit happened. And I just want my gear back. And she was just like. I don't care. You can get your head back later. I'm coming to get you. And I was just like, mm, yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah. I can't really stand to be here another day. And so right. I go back home from making that call. Cause you know, he had to walk to a payphone to do that in those days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I go back home from making that call and they're all looking for Richard, Richard Bateman, like Richard's gone. Where is he? I don't know. All his stuff is here. His clothes, his base, everything, everything's here. He had just escaped. He just escaped. <laughs> He didn't you're want feelings. any suspicions, so he just walked away and left everything. And Damn. Just, boom, just, escaped.
0: just Irish goodbye to his whole situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude. I feel and, like uh, that's like a and, Jonestown. And I like, well,
1: I got news for you guys. Uh, I'm out of here, too, man. My mom's going to be rolling up anytime. Yeah. A couple of hours. it was gonna be it's gonna be a few hours because it was you know it's three, four hours. Did hour you drive. get
0: all that did you get your gear back and all that stuff? Here's how
1: I ended up getting my stuff back. I told them I was out and I wanted to do with him anymore, and that I better get my gear when he gets back, or I'll have the cops involved, blah blah mm-hmm. blah.
0: Right.
1: Well, they got the cartridge back and they kept lying to me about you know when I could collect it. And, but then they decided that they were moving back to California and that and that they wanted me to come with them and be in the band. You know, I guess because I was the one that was writing material. And, yeah, you know, they're like, Oh wait, that's a good someone to write material. You know, I had I had written a song, I was the only one that had, you know, so um uh so they wanted me to uh to go with them and I said, Look, I'll consider it, but I need a sign of good faith.
4: Mm-hmm. So good when move. you guys
1: come through, Pat, you, you're gonna have to drive right past my the area where I live to to head out out of Florida to go to California. So <laughs> stop by my house, bring me my gear. Mm-hmm. And if everything's there intact we'll talk. and, and, and not fucked with, I will v- consider going with you then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll, I'll be pre-packed just in case I decide to go, I'll be pre-packed. And they were yeah. like, okay. And so they brought me my gear and I said, no, man, you have to let me, I have to know that this isn't being held hostage. You have to let me unpack it. Right. You know. You have to right. let me put it in my house. And they so they let me put it in my house, and then they sat there and waited for me to come out to, to, uh, <laughs> to go with them. I let them stew there for about 10 15 minutes. <laughs> I stuck my head out the door and said, I ain't coming with you idiots. Get out of here! <laughs> got him. I knew, I knew it,
0: dude. Yeah. I knew it, and I yeah, love so it. That's great. That was dude. that, yeah. And
1: uh, it was really a good thing that I did because those guys got arrested somewhere in the middle of the country. The kid that he sicked on me to beat to 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 uh, fight me because I liked King Diamond.
4: Wow, <laughs> um, dude.
1: That kid, they ended up tying that kid up in a hotel room somewhere in the middle of the country and setting off firecrackers on him.
2: Jesus. Oh.
1: <laughs> and they ended up got, they got busted, got caught, got arrested. And it got yeah. right up in the paper. And I remember sitting there going like, oh my god. Not that there was any chance that I was ever going to stay with them after just even the way he behaved before the tour, much less everything that happened during it and after it. Yeah. But Think fuck i didn't you know no I mean, you handled I,
0: that perfectly dude you got your yeah. shit back intact crazy and, crazy
1: crazy, and then crazy gave story, him
0: dude. gave him the bird and said fucking yeah. go i, Live I your I life. teaching
1: guitar lessons for about a year and a half then i decided to move to atlanta where i i became the roommate of uh, dave stewart from hollow's eve mm-hmm. uh long story short started jamming with dave and tommy from hollow's eve and uh, you know we're, we're working on new material gonna try to see about you know Renewing the deal with Metal Blade and, and carrying on as Hall is Eve, and that was going to be my next band, and that's when I got the call from Chuck.
2: Mm. So, okay, yeah, let's talk about the call. Let's, talk, let's hear all those details. Yeah, dude. so the call. So, I mean, was it was it from? Chuck, I mean, Chuck who? yeah, was it Chuck? Chuck like... Schilder,
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah, Chuck Peters.
0: Chuck uh, Peters.
1: Well, you gotta. Uh, it's important to know a little bit of backstory before I moved to Atlanta, I uh, had gone to a death show and uh, mm-hmm. it was in support of leprosy. So like I said, the Agent of steel tour was 87. They were touring in support of leprosy. So it was 88 sometime in 88. And they played a place called the sunset club in Tampa. It doesn't exist anymore. The building's been torn down. It used to be kind of, diagonally across the street from the original uh, Brass Mug location, which is sort Mm -hmm. of like the iconic, you know, death metal bar for, you know, for Florida, but uh, for Tampa anyway. Uh, And uh, anyway, I I was, you know, I was very much a death fan. I had seen them, you know, very early days live. And I, you know, so I knew I was, you know, I was familiar with Scream, Bloody Gore and Leprosy, had them both on cassette in my car, you know, and uh, loved them and so i was gonna go to show and i wanted to jockey for position so as i I parked and i headed into the club because i wanted to get in there and you know get a nice spot and uh i was wearing a shirt from that agent steel tour and i'm just beelining for the door i'm not even looking left or right and uh and just as i'm about to make the door i hear from off over to my left cool shirt dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh yeah, that is. i looked over and it was chuck i recognized him right away yeah. i was like yeah, yeah oh hey what's up man and so we ended up talking and he was like dude where'd you get that shirt and i explained to him well i i earned it by touring with the band he goes oh you're that dude from here that got got the gig with age of steel and i was like yeah 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 and so he asked me about the whole thing i told him the whole story i just told you guys he was like oh man that's fucking nuts but it makes sense i always heard he was crazy you know <laughs> yeah, 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 it yeah. was just you know kooky now the other thing is that having done that tour uh, over uh, over there with Agent Steel you know we played in Holland of course and I met this guy named Advan Osh who had a little fanzine called Ravenous Mag Ravenous Magazine it was a little black and white zero x fanzines you know yeah he did a really nice little job with it and I had gotten a long conversation with him you know because I had been a tape trader for years and And I was, I had, you know, taken writing out. I fancied myself able to write a few lines here and there. Now, when I look back at what I wrote in, in that fanzine, uh, I I can only laugh and say, what the hell was I thinking? I sucked. (laughs) uh, It was awful. But, uh, uh, you know, through my conversation with ad, you know, when I met him in Holland, uh, he was just like, yeah, well, you know, maybe you can interview some bands for me over there, like in the Tampa scene at Tampa shows and, and you know, you know, for for my uh, for the fanzine, and you'll be like a U.S. correspondent. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll do that. Nice. And I, you know, I came home and I never gave it another thought until I was yeah. standing there with Deb, and I was like, you know, this would be a good opportunity to do something for Ad for Ad, you know, Ad and, and Ravenous Mag. So I, I broached the subject. Of those guys and said, hey, you know what? You know, if you guys got some time before or after. Um, can we, we can just go somewhere and let me let, ask you guys a few questions for this fanzine I, I i write for this you know uh dutch uh you know uh fanzine and you know i got my little kodak disc camera with me <laughs> uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh i don't know if you guys remember those They're maybe they were before your time i don't know but um
0: disc it was, well, it, was it, filmed. Dif- it
1: was literally on a little disc it came out like a like a disc and you'd see all the frames arrayed around the disc oh, yeah
2: yeah yeah. oh yeah 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 one, yeah. Of, the, one of these ones yeah. So well, but, would, but it was like, an actual yeah, camera yeah. though. Yeah, 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 but, but, yeah, but yeah, but you yeah, like you click it, it, it through, it was, through and you see every picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. No,
1: no, no. It wasn't one of those things where you can view the pictures, not at all. Oh, okay. You're taking pictures. but it was, it was yeah, filmed and you take the pictures, then you turn the disc in and get it developed just like an oh an gotcha. So, no, that's before my time. Yeah, So they agreed, you know, we went over literally across the street up against a a building, and I took some really crappy photos of them and I did a really crappy interview with them because I just I sucked at that. It was the first time I ever interviewed a band and ever took a photo of a band. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but you know, it did make it to the little fanzine. But while I was talking to those guys, I noticed a dynamic. I I noticed that they seemed to not be too keen on Rick. Now I love Rick, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and Terry and Rick obviously get on great these days because they're on tour together right now with left to die. And, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, and you know they've done numerous things together since since those days. But back in those days, Chuck had kind of in his mind decided to to move on from Rick, and uh, and he 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 wasn't all that happy with him for whatever reason. So I I tended to notice I noticed this tendency in them to whenever Rick would turn away from them, they would sort of look at each other and kind of roll their eyes like, oh God, you know this that and the other. You know, for whatever mm. reason, I don't even know the details. I don't care, didn't care. I was just like, hmm. Well, I like Rick, but I would really wouldn't mind playing in Death either. So, right. I decided to give them my phone number. I said, hey guys, and I didn't, I, you know, I didn't say, hey, you guys ever need, you know, I was like, you guys ever know any bands? You know, you guys are on Combat Records. I've I've already toured in a band on Combat. You guys know any other bands on the roster? Or you know, anyone you tour with? Anyone you run across that needs a guitar player?
0: Yeah, just it show them that you're them. available. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think I wrote my number on a little piece of paper for Terry and for Chuck. And mm-hmm. uh they both stuck them away in their pockets and I thought, well, that's that. I'll never hear from any of them. And of course, my number at the time, you know, my best number at that time was my mom's number. And uh that's where I was staying. But I, I moved up to Atlanta and, and uh I was I had gone up there with the intention of attending uh uh AIM which at which was the atlanta institute of music which at the time was a sister school of musicians institute uh, which at the time at that time was called git guitar institute of technology that's right called musicians institute these days i just happened to be wearing an mi hat that i bought when i stopped (laughs) by there i never attended it but i stopped by and i bought a hat when i was in la one time and uh uh but anyway i wanted to go to aim it was it was very pricey i didn't know how i was going to afford it um i was interested, you know, maybe I thought maybe I could get a student loan, but I didn't have credit for shit, you know? And, uh, so I, uh, I, I went, I did, I, I, I went to like a, a tour, took a tour of AIM and I got to sit in on uh, a clinic or two. Um, and, uh, you know, then they wanted me to, to sign up and pay money. So I, I couldn't afford it. I couldn't figure out how to do it. So I ended up just getting a a job at a landscaping company and, becoming roommates with dave stewart and ultimately that led to jamming with you know holo's eve you know or or at least at the attempt at the time to resurrect holo's eve Mm
4: -hmm.
1: and uh so i was doing that and we had you know we had worked on some music we had been auditioning we had found a drummer we were auditioning some other position i forget exactly what i think tommy didn't want to sing anymore he just wanted to play bass maybe we were auditioning singers i'm not really sure Because first it was Stacy on vocals, I think, and then Tommy, the bass player, was gonna ended up singing. I'm I'm not really sure how it all shook out. My memory gets jumbled, but um, we were we were doing auditions, looking for some more musicians, and I was sitting at home one night in my room, um, uh, playing guitar, and uh, Dave uh, comes to the door and knocks on my door and uh, uh, sticks his head in and goes hey, uh, you got a phone call? And I thought, oh, yeah, my mom. Sure, that's the only person who ever fucking calls me here. So,
4: um,
1: you know, I'm going to talk to my mom, see what the hell she wants. And mm-hmm. he goes, dude, dude. And he's had this crazy look on his face. He goes, dude, I think it's, I think it's Evil Chuck. Whoa. <laughs> and I was just like, really? Fuck. So I went I went and talked to her. And he was like, hey, dude, we kicked out Rick. And, you know, if you want to audition, you know, we're we're, we're going to be holding auditions this coming weekend. You know, we'd like to try you out, man. We remember you were cool. And, you know, we know you could probably do it because, you know, you tore today Aiden still you know, pulled that off. You know, you can do it. You can, you know, you, mm-hmm. you, you might be the right guy. So you should come and try out. And I, and uh, if you haven't heard this story before, because I have told it before. But if, if you haven't heard the story before, you're not going to believe what came out of my mouth.
4: <laughs> oh, I want to no, hear it. I,
1: I, I was haven't heard. like, dude, I would love to but I'm sort of in it in deep with it with these guys here we're trying you know we're you know I, I feel like some loyalty to these guys you know we're we're working on music we're auditioning the final musician we need for the lineup and Metal Blade wants to hear a demo and we're so we're working on the material for the demo and we're going to try to rejuvenate the deal with Metal Blade man but thanks so much for thinking of me man that's awesome that's legit
2: though that's, that's I mean you're sticking to your guns kind of I mean it's kind of yeah, like yeah you've been well, working on like it's, on, it's like in your heart it, you know
1: Yeah. Well, later on, you know, some some of the fellows came over, some of the fellows there from the Atlanta scene that that I had made, they were friends with Dave and that I had made friends with. And uh, two of them in particular were uh, Richard and Britt Turner. And at that time they were in a band in Atlanta called Nihilist. Nothing Mm -hmm. to do with the Nihilist from Sweden that eventually became entombed. Completely different band. This was like a, a, you know, speed thrash with tinges of death metal, early death metal vibe, Mm -hmm. you know? uh band nihilist from atlanta and that uh, you can i i've been there's a, a few photographs that have been around of, of me for years wearing a nihilist shirt and people always say dude i never saw that nihilist shirt and i was like because yeah, it's not the nihilist you're thinking of that's why okay yeah but uh
0: uh <laughs> yeah but, i didn't uh, put that all together
1: it, interesting point of fact so it was richard and Britt from nihilist the drummer and bass player and you know they're they're still around these days playing music but they're doing like sort of a classic rock blues rock scene they're there they are the bass player and drummer of blackberry smoke so they're still around today and mm. uh gigging and playing all the time making records but uh those guys were there and so dave stewart asked me you know james what so what happened what, what was the call with with chuck about and i was like uh he you know he wanted me to to come audition for Death, and they they just looked at me wide eyed, and I said, "Yeah, but I told them, you know, I got, you know, I'm sort of loyal to my situation here." And I, all of them, including David Stewart, were, "Are you fucking crazy, dude? Yeah. Are you fucking nuts?" <laughs> and I stood there and just absorbed that. I was just like, "You know what? I think I am fucking nuts." <laughs> <laughs> so I tried to call Chuck back. His yeah. mom answered. Uh-huh. Jane answered. that was my first time talking to her ever. And uh, she said, "Oh, oh, Chuck. Chuck left. He'll be back, you know, way later tonight. But it might be too late to call. But you could call him tomorrow, you know. And uh, and or, and I'll let him know you called. And he'll call you back tomorrow, probably." And I was like, "Okay, thank, thank you." But I had called him to say, "No, I changed my mind. I absolutely want to come." So I hadn't, I didn't have a chance to speak to Chuck. So I. I just took matters in my own hands, and I, I went to work the next day and told them, I'm not going to be coming tomorrow, which was Friday. I'm so I'm, I'm packing up. I'm, i I got to go to Florida. Something's up with my mom. I got to go help my mom with something. So, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'll be back on Monday, following Monday, and uh, they were, you know, they were cool with it. And I so I had my car packed. On Friday, ready to use for you know eight about an eight hour drive from Atlanta to to my my mom's home in, in Florida, eight to nine hours depending on traffic. So I, I figured I'd kill Friday doing that. Maybe come out and hang with those dudes on uh, on Saturday uh, in the evening. Spend Saturday since Saturday during the day with my family. Go hang with the go meet up with the death guys if I could. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, you know I just figured I got to go anyway. So but anyway, Chuck called yeah. me back, and I said, dude. I'm 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 coming. Uh, I absolutely want to audition. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. And those guys didn't know what the fuck I was thinking, you know. And yeah. he was just like, "Oh, dude, dude, we had like a little list, man. And when when you passed on it, we called the next guy on the list, and he came down that that night. You know, he came down last night, and 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 we we chose him. We told him he has the gig. It's this is this oh, guy man. Mark, this guy Mark, man, he's he's got the gig, man. And I, I'm sorry, you know, so ah, oh, fuck. And I decide I was just like, well, look, dudes, I'm coming anyway, because I've already taken the time off work. My family's already expecting me. Everyone's got their hopes up to see me. So I'm going to come and, uh, you know, maybe we can just hang out. We'll just hang. And they said, well, yeah, well, we're all hanging out and spending the night like at Terry's house on, uh, you know, on Saturday night. So, you know, come on out and meet up, meet up with us Saturday evening at, at Terry's. And we'll give you the address. And so I got the address from them and I and uh i came you know i brought my guitar i brought you know my little practice my little amp a little practice amp and i brought my boom box and my death tapes Mm
4: -hmm. and
1: uh i went and uh i went and met up with them over at terry's house on saturday evening and mostly we just hung out we hung out we talked records we talked old french heavy metal bands i got to see terry had all the same records you know the h-bomb and the sword ledge and satan jokers and all that french stuff and uh that, that we were all into and uh as you can remember this was 1989 and mm-hmm. those albums had just come out like, you know, five, six years earlier, you know, right. we're, 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 into that stuff totally. and, uh, still into it to this day. Cause you're always into stuff you're into when you're a kid. usually. Right. But, uh, uh, so most of that, mostly that's what we did. We hung, we bonded over music and talked. And so I said, well, you know, guys, I'm, a, I'm probably about to leave, you know, get, get back to my mom's house where it gets too late. But, uh, I don't want to wake her up in the middle of the night coming in, you know, so, so, uh, but, you know, it's one thing I'd like to do before I leave. And, and, and I said, I just got to go out to my car real quick. And they said, okay, cool. You know, so I went out to the car and I grabbed my guitar, my little practice amp, my boom box. Mm-hmm. I brought it in. I said, I just want to play you guys some stuff, you know, just so, you know, something ever happens with this guy, you'll know whether I can play your stuff or not. And they were just like, hmm, okay, so you don't have to do anything just sit and listen to me. And I, I played the, I I put on various songs from Leprosy and Scream Bloody Gore and played along with them. And, uh, you know, I knew those songs really well. You know, I had them down. So, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, and when it came to like, I had already known from talking to Chuck uh, when he first called me to tell me that they had go of Rick that he was over Whammy Bar at the time. He was Mm. over it. And that's the reason why when you listen to Spiritual Healing, if you pay attention, there's no whammy bar on it. But I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, um, He just didn't want anyone to... Now, here's the thing. I think Rick is awesome with whammy bar stuff. He does that really well. It's cool, man. He he coaxes evil sounds out of that thing. But uh, uh, Chuck wasn't into it. So I knew not to try to play rick solos so i would just play my own solos over the top of rick's they'd just be going at the same time but his were kind of like you know whammy bar stuff and so they almost sounded like background accompaniment to my solo and didn't really mm-hmm. hurt anything so I, I when i was done they were i could see them during the time i was playing they were looking at each other and kind of like nodding with like their their eyes like kind of hmm yeah okay
4: well, he mm-hmm.
1: can he can play the shit he can do it and uh Sick. so i just i wrapped it up i think i think i played six seven songs probably i wrapped it up and uh thanked them for their time and said yeah man so really cool hanging with you i'm gonna beat it yeah give me a call if anything ever comes up or even if you some other band you know that you think might get use a guitar mm-hmm. and uh i went back ended up going back to atlanta and uh uh was getting ready to go to work uh and uh the phone rang and <laughs> dave came to my room dude i think it's evil chuck again
0: <laughs> how long, how many days after you got I, it knack? was a
1: couple of days it was a couple of days okay um uh, well, it wasn't very long because i had not completely unpacked my car yet
0: oh wow okay. uh,
1: so i was lazy and i was still i was still so left was so an in impression about what happened you know that i didn't even have the motivation to unpack my car
2: you know fully <laughs> yeah. i mean i took
1: my guitar out and stuff but everything else was pretty much still in there, clothes and all that and uh I had cleaned out my room, you know, but I came back and, uh, and uh, so Chuck called and uh, he goes, dude, Mark didn't work out. You got the gig. If you want it, you've already auditioned. We know you can do it so we don't mm. even we don't even need to try you out you're just you're in you got it if you want it and i was like hell yes i want
0: it i'm coming back <laughs> i was like David. dudes i haven't
1: even completely unpacked my car so <laughs> right <laughs> <on>. I'm way <halfway laughs> you know. there already yeah. yeah 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 i was like i believe it tonight i called I, I I went by my job and said i'm out Mail my last check here i'm gone you know <laughs> <Yes>. hell <laughs> and, yeah uh, dude. and uh i uh i hopped in my car i headed back to florida and what happened with the Mark guy was that uh, he showed up that first night, his audition night when he got the gig, but for the next two nights in a row that the, the, they had practice scheduled for rehearsal scheduled for and writing sessions, he, he called out. He was wow. just, "No, we're going to make it tonight. Blah, blah, blah. This and that with some excuse. Mm. First night they were like, ah, that sucks. But uh, okay. He did it the next night. And they were like, "Yeah, you're done, son. <sighs> and so they called me up you and the gig was hey, mine. Dear. So
0: the universe works in mysterious ways (laughs) you know definitely and then uh i'm sure mark's listening to this because we know you are mark um (laughs) you fucked up mark (laughs) you fucked up hard mark and dude that's 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 a such a killer story dude so now, now to keep the momentum of that, like, what was it like? So you came back to Florida. Was it just hit the ground running type deal? How long before you guys went out and did gigs together? All that kind of stuff. Was it right? Well, the right, first, right away, they were
1: already writing spiritual healing. They had four songs written. So I, I walked into my first day of practice yes. with half the album done. And so that first day, they just showed me those four songs. And we practiced those four songs. Wow. Very next day, I'm like, okay, we got at least four more songs to write. Let's go. Chuck goes, I got this riff. And then he looks at me, he goes, you got something that could connect to that, come after that? And I went, yeah, 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 I got something. And I just pulled a riff out of my ass cool. on the spot. Did you guys, song. <laughs> just a question,
5: like back in those days, like, did you guys just, was it, all, was it just all memory of of, of the riffs or did you like, you know, like record the tapes like at home or kind of like, you know, with a little set up like a or just no we just did it in
1: person right there and we we were recording the boom box that's it
2: boom boom box box. yeah yeah Yeah, remember them okay yeah i think probably the the first
1: riff i wrote might have been the the chorus of low life you know Mm -hmm. You know what i mean like that that guy yeah yeah, yeah he played yeah. it right right now but i mean he, he played the the opening part of it and then he stopped and he was like oh we need something there like a chorus or something like that and i was just i just played it i kind of made it up as i went <laughs> nice dude evil yeah bill bill came in right on drums just like dude. perfect just like almost just like he did on the record and it just yeah. So backwards. that feeling, so that feeling,
0: right? Th- actually. Oh, sorry. Keep going with what you're saying.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I ended up co-writing the remaining four songs with them. You know. Yeah. And, I was just every single riff that I presented, uh, Chuck accepted and stuck it in a song. We stuck it in a song. That's uh,
0: that's so crazy to me, dude. I just want to know that feeling. Like, so you're you're showing us. Well, that's up not even like... the
1: weirdest story about it. The weirdest story is we were taking a break, and I was doing a finger exercise to keep my hands warm. I you know, we, we, we would open, roll up the, the storage room door and walk outside, you know, to catch a little air because these were storage spaces, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I was doing this finger exercise and I was just walking around, with no volume, or I think very low volume. I had cut the volume way down and I was on the amp and I was just like... Mm-hmm. Just doing a little legato finger exercise. That's all yep. it was. And I had been doing it for a couple minutes. And Chuck, we were all talking back and forth. And uh, all of a sudden, but Chuck just, just keyed in on it. And He goes, James, what is that you're playing? And I was just like, yeah, it's just finger exercise. <laughs> and he goes, keep doing it. And he runs over and grabs his guitar, matches his volume to mine and starts, you know, whatever the chord, I don't even know the chords underneath it. Uh, yeah. He came up with the chords underneath it. I just kept doing that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Boom! That, and that was how we started off killing spree, and we wrote the rest of the right. song. I think probably that evening or that evening in the next. Bang! That killing spree. That's how that came together. Damn,
2: that's really cool. Started that's off just, that's gonna be cringes, such a uh, good feeling. Dude. I was
1: just doing to keep my hands warmed up. You know,
2: that's so cool, and yeah, but that, also the song.
0: A, that's just uh, synchronicity. It's um, just the stars aligning at the time where you guys all were on that same level of I don't know creativity and you guys that that feeling of working with other brains and everybody's brains kind of on the same wavelength and then
1: it It was just 100% natural and copacetic everything just came together You know, yeah, it it was almost effortless writing those songs. I mean if there were any hang-ups, I don't remember them they were so insignificant if we had any sticking points or rough spots and trying to bang out those last four songs they were so small that i don't even remember them all these years later i just remember how smooth and cool everything came together and uh, so once you know those eight songs were were done it was time for us to enter the studio and this would have been like around probably august or september of uh of 89 Mm -hmm. And, and we went into more sound recorded the album and it came out on uh came out in february
0: 1990 wow that's awesome that's beautiful dude i mean
1: incredible yeah
0: i i hope everybody got some spiritual healing about (laughs) during that because that that is like you you've heard so many nightmares with certain great records
2: you know and for when they all come together, like everything's just like boom, everything, everyone's clicking and like hyping and each other up. And for you up. to
0: like, come in like right at that moment to yeah, uh, yeah. be able to hop on the train as it's already running smoothly, no injuries, yeah. you know, you're another, the... it...
1: sorry, sorry. No, no,
0: sorry. no, I was just saying you're on the train and running and you're, 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 you're full force just with, the, with how they were. And, and that shows how the, drive you had at the time your skill set at the time confidence all that stuff
1: yeah you know i was i was too young to uh know that i shouldn't be so damn confident (laughs) (laughs) but uh 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 you know uh, another thing of note about that that album was as i had mentioned before chuck you know he didn't want to hear any whammy bar now i had always been a guy that used the bar expressively right
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't need to
1: use it i can you know perfectly Play Man. without a bar. I don't. I don't rely on it as a crutch. I, I, I just yeah. use it as an expression thing. Yeah. And uh, so I took my bars out of my guitars. I left. I, I didn't even. By the time we were in there uh, recording the album, I didn't even know where they were.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I, yeah. I didn't even. I couldn't even find them. You know, yeah. so there, there, are, there's no whammy bar. Honestly, I mean, Chuck didn't even have tremolo systems on his guitars me i did but i didn't have the physical bar itself so the one spot we decided that we wanted a what chuck called a grinder at the time of
4: yeah right? yeah a he wanted off. one
1: and it's 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 in the middle of the uh of the solos on, on the title track spiritual healing mm. sort of like great song it marks my my part from his it's just right in between them Okay. and so i did it okay. because i had a triple system on my guitar but in order to do it scotty scotty burns had to go grab a screwdriver from the tech room <laughs> which i <just> stuck <laughs> in the hole and i did that grinder with a screwdriver because <laughs> oh, yeah
5: i got you got you awesome was dude it, so so just specifically like what was the part of the whammy bar that chuck was the most bummed about was it like the dive bomb, like harmonic yeah. thing, like going on with like, I I, and think it was I, I
1: I think it was the all whole of it. Thing. You know, he just he, out he just, of tune, He was just sort of, a, a, of over. Could you imagine? I mean, it'd be the same thing if he had a you know, a guitar player who only played in you know, Neapolitan minor every freaking solo. You know, he, he <laughs> even sick of that, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, strong, yeah that tonality. You know, yeah, it, I could it, yeah, so it was, it was no big deal.
5: You know, it was just... No, I, I love it. I was just curious. It's super cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I, I,
1: I absolutely... And obviously, by the time, you know, Andy LaRocque is playing, and, and I think even other guys before Andy, you know, they were using Bar, you know, creatively and expressively yeah. on, on their death solos. But, yeah, I True. I didn't... I didn't. But I, I made up for it when I played on Cause of Death because I was able to get in all my little... my cool little expressive yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I... And I, I did some of the old, you know, you know, hold this. Yeah, yeah. You can't really hear them now. Like the, the in, bag like,
2: kind of harmonic kind of, I mean, Dimebag's known for doing those, yeah. those before, before his time too. But yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: Not to jump
0: ahead, but I had a really good time with a, a fan-made supercut of all your solos from a 1990 obituary set on yeah, that, YouTube, I, dude. I don't know
1: what, I don't know whether it was the person who made it, or just yeah. a, a, a fan who thought I would think it was cool, fan, you know. But that was, you know, the. It's actually been sent to me many, 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 many times, and I'm like, people don't get it. That's the last thing in the world that I would play. <laughs> I'm not trying to sit and listen to a supercut of all my damn solos in a row. It's totally, like, and oh. and
0: that's, that's that's how right. all that's of us would look if somebody. Does if somebody came up to me and said, Hey dude, I have a super cut of all your fucking growls that I love on all your records. I'd <laughs> be like, I need to run in the opposite direction. Exactly. <laughs> no, I feel that. You know exactly where I'm coming from. I'm speaking. Yeah. Yes. I feel you as the artist, but as I'm going to separate myself from the artist and just be the fan that I have been of yours for, you know, two plus decades. Um, it was just a nice, refreshing little thing that I hadn't watched before. Um, I obviously... Kind of brought you loved... back, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. I mean, Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. of Death was one of my uh, introductory, legendary albums that I still love today. And I actually texted these guys uh today how I'm really... I loved reconnecting with old obituary, doing my little crunch for dives you know and um but seeing that super cut and just really focusing in on all the solo work and stuff it really just it, it has no other relevance other than it just recharged me of james murphy obituary obviously i've had so much time with spiritual healing i still loved reconnecting with that album but you know it's been longer listening to obituary than it has been for spiritual healing. And I I want to continue just, you know, kind of wrap up the story with death and see how you got into the, knowing the obituary guys, obviously the scene is how you guys came across each other. I just wanted to hear the transition from that to obituary.
1: Well, you know, I, I sort of saw the writing on the wall with, with death. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, you know, me and Chuck got along really awesome during the writing process. There, you know, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school to say that, you know, I I think it's been well enough documented by enough people Mm -hmm. that, you know, Chuck didn't enjoy any sort of dissent
4: hmm
1: and uh i'm trying to say this in a way dude i dude i love chuck and and uh um, i i would i would do anything to bring him back you know totally good i know i so i don't want anyone to get an impression that i that i harbor any new no action towards chuck. Just... i absolutely don't i, I you know i
0: we've heard enough we've heard both sides of it james so don't feel like you you are
1: difficult but hey i'm not i'm not painting myself as an angel when i say that i you know i was young headstrong and you know so full of shit my eyes were brown you know what i mean right so you know I'm, i'm i'm guilty too i'm a guilty party as well but right we were all you know you know I, I could have been a bit more diplomatic, you know. I didn't have to flaunt things that I flaunted sometimes, you know yes. what I mean? Like
0: ego is a it, I mean it ego is like the maker-breaker thing for a lot of artists, yeah. dude. It's it's one of the driving forces in in the reason why we make things in the first place because we want to solidify parts of ourselves in time for when we're past it'll still be there while we got we're gone it's just like the same way we make kids yeah of course it's it,
1: absolutely car- carved his niche in the in the Mount Rushmore of music period, much less, right. less death yeah. metal. So, so um, he
0: succeeded in that, but I'm saying the, but what, uh, you know, what uh, gets you there is with ego, you know, and I'm not just saying, with yeah, it, yeah. no, him, we all Chuck, had it
1: because we were, we were young and, and it's stupid.
0: And I know? had it too. And, and we've all went through that early yeah, 20s yeah. phase. So of I, I would
1: say, you know, Chuck, Chuck was very much going through that when, when, when we parted ways. So was I, you know,
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and,
1: yeah. uh, but you know, Chuck had a little bit of that that impulse to shut people out like the way John Cyrus did. Like I remember the very first I think the second show I ever played with Death um, I, I played two shows with Death prior to Spiritual coming out. At least two. There was one in Orlando and one of them was Milwaukee Metal Fest. I think Milwaukee Metal Fest 3 maybe? I don't know. But uh, uh, we were headed up to Milwaukee and you know, I I was looking at it, we were looking at a list of all who all was playing, and I remember that it, it listed Emulation is playing. Now, as a tape creator, I already had their demo.
0: Nice. I already
1: was an emulation fan. I knew yeah. and I I had heard that they had been signed to Roadrunner. I knew they were gonna be coming out with their debut. I was excited and I wanted to meet these guys. Yeah. And uh Chuck was like, Whoa, immolation, man these you know these new breed bullshit bands and you know, that's what he would call them you know bands like mm. that any band that came along after him unfortunately but uh uh you know that was just youth you know I, i'm quite sure he grew out of that impulse you know right well i was um, just about to say
0: you just ran into another nuclear assault situation dude so yeah, you you're not not as bad you shouldn't I be say, down I with say, what, what say, you're down with bad. dude
1: yeah, it wasn't as bad, like he didn't antagonize those guys, he wasn't throwing them, flipping them birds and stuff. Yeah, like he that didn't
0: fight money. you over it, and you didn't, yeah, have to nothing, push nothing salt like that, water with him. But
1: he wasn't, he wasn't happy that I went on, went right on ahead and talked to Immolation and got it, got their t shirt and wore it, and
4: got yeah, to,
1: you know. And, so things like that, and you know, and uh, I would buck up against that because especially after having experience with Agent Steel, I would buck up against it. I could have handled it more diplomatically. And then, you know, there was also just the raw side of me that he had to deal with, which was, you know, I, I had come from this military family background and I was, uh, you know, it, it was a difficult situation, you know. And I don't want to say too much about it because it involves too much of my private life. And right. plus, you know, I, I love my dad. He's an awesome dude. But, uh, you know, I, there was a certain amount of, uh, fight ingrained into me that mm-hmm. less time was spent cultivating like my ability to get along with other people out in the world. Like, you know, some people will spend that kind of time with their kids, more time was spent with on me, you know, how to fight, you know, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, verbally and physically, but you know, but. So it came out sometimes verbally with me, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't have good people skills because I wasn't taught good people skills. I learned them myself, you know, over the mm, years. Yeah. You know, you, you just yeah. you figure out how to fucking behave, you know. Totally. Like, this yeah. isn't working, you know. So let me try this over here, you know. Trial and error. Yeah, let me try what other people do. This seems to work for them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, not only does this work, it feels way better. It makes me feel like a better person, you know. Totally. I was combative. Um, and I would, you know, I could take a tone in a heartbeat,
4: mm-hmm.
1: you know what I mean? Back then yeah. I, I could really, I could take a tone with you in a heartbeat and you would be like,
4: mm.
1: Yeah. Fuck, fuck you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> why are you talking to me that harsh? <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 I could do yeah. it. You know, I could do it and I would do it occasionally. It would pop out of me. Yeah. I wasn't in control of it back then you know and that rubbed a truck wrong and rightly so you know rightly so and i mean coming uh, coming
2: from mantis and stuff i mean that you know like what you've dealt with in the past and stuff you had a really kind of gnarly upbringing into bands and stuff so like i could see that you kind of having that protection up or something you know something being like okay well i'm not really
1: sure in what and what way you were referencing mantis there? Yeah, you you said the, the wrong
2: name, Jill. <laughs> what's his name? What, what, what's? my what am fucking up the name? Agent Steel. Agent Steel. Agent Steel. Oh okay, yeah, yeah. Just that whole situation. Fuck, I fucked that up. Like... Um, the whole the whole <laughs> the whole situation though of just like the craziness that you got brought into this the music scene and like I could see. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that, a protection, you know, you know.
1: Well, you saw how I bucked up about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I fought back against that, and I ended up getting the upper totally. hand in the end. And uh, but, you know, I kind of had that attitude like, oh, this is what the music business is like. Well, I've got experience being an asshole. So, I, you know, it's yeah. not that I consciously thought I needed to be an asshole, but it just unconsciously yeah. came out of me because mm-hmm. this was how I was raised. It was how I learned to be. It was how I was taught no, to okay. be. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm the guy now. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a I wouldn't say I'm a pacifist, not by any means. But, yeah. you know, I'm not going to run out in the street, and fight nobody unless I absolutely have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unless totally. I'm defending household and family you know exactly and you right. learn you know?
0: and, and you mostly probably learn that from your previous self that's what we all do we yeah all yeah learn yeah but
1: i used to just haul off and of hit motherfuckers and and it didn't always work out <laughs> good for me because i was small
0: yeah. <laughs> all right
1: i was skinny <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you know uh i carried a few ass whippings from that you know
4: and
1: uh but i didn't care i, I was mad enough and someone said something, you know, bad enough to piss me off, you know, I, I, I punch him in the mouth. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and
0: every excuse to blow off some steam. It, yeah. Know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, certainly by the time I got in depth, I was I was over the physical part. I wasn't. Well, all that you know, I had just two years prior gotten in that massive fist fight with that guy that was working for Aiden Steele, you know, because I liked King Diamond. You know? <laughs> over
0: King Diamond, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, uh, one of the uh, gnarliest brawls. Of, but,
1: dude, know, that's I
0: such was, a I funny story. One of one and, the gnarliest brawls I've ever had is over yeah. me enjoying a band.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you know, so, so mostly what got me in trouble with death was my mouth, you know? And, uh,
0: yeah.
1: and you know, and of course, you know, you got to watch your mouth around. Now, you know, he's a big teddy bear, but Terry Broderick could squash you.
2: Hulk smack Terry smack guy, but
1: you know he could if you pissed
2: him off bad enough. <laughs> was it was that geezer's? Was it was it really was it geezer's kid?
1: <laughs> no, not at
2: all. okay. okay. Not someone to told Gieser me Butler it was geezer geezer Butler's kid, and I was like, no, oh, they, they have okay, to have the no. same
1: name, Terry Geezer Butler and Terry uh, Butler, but and they're both uh, gotcha. baseball. He's he's not related at all. You
2: know. Okay, gotcha. That's old. That's no, I, that's how I, young I am.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah you know uh, uh, you know so you know i might i minded my p's and q's to a certain extent in depth but uh certainly my mouth got me in trouble more than once
4: mm-hmm. and just
1: little things like i would speak out like you know like for instance chuck took a when we were getting ready to head out on the road he, he this guy shows up with him to practice one day and he's gonna be our Chuck is telling us this is going to be our sound guy on the on the spirit on the tour, and I'm like, okay, cool, all right, seems like a nice enough guy, cool. And I didn't know that much about sound reinforcement back then, but I knew a little bit, and I knew enough to tell if I was talking to someone who didn't know their ass from their elbow, you know. <laughs> and uh, w- with regard to it, and uh, I got to talking to this guy, and it was very clear to me as like, holy shit, I don't hardly know shit about running live sound, sound reinforcement. And I know orders of magnitude more than this guy. I at least know what a crossover is. I at least know what a compressor is. I at least know, you know, what a send is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. This guy, I don't know, man. Maybe he knows, maybe he knows what this stuff is, but he didn't know how to use it very well. And something about the things he was saying clued me into that. And so I said to Chuck, I, I pulled him aside and said, hey, Chuck, your friend seems nice, but man he doesn't know his ass from his elbow when it comes to sound we're gonna sound like shit he got so mad at me oh he was so fucking mad at me i thought i was gonna get fired right then and there describe his reaction just
2: describe describe how you'd react to that like because chuck reaction of you telling
1: him that like what did he do like what was his like a stern remark walk away then broody and very just dark-eyed towards you and and just want to talk to you and you just get the yeah. vibe you know that's totally. kind of what, what what would happen and yeah. uh so i i had i had spoken up well you know first day of the tour you know we got devastation is opening up for us and they got oh, this yeah. guy named walt running sound for them and they sounded fucking amazing and then we sounded like shit. i mean people in the audience were telling us like after the show Uh, You guys were great and all, but man, your sound was really bad. Devastation. That's the worst. So, what (laughs) happened? You guys, you guys' sound was messed up. And I was just like,
3: oh.
1: (laughs) And it happened the second night.
3: Yeah. I was
1: like, man, I can't even say anything because when I tried to say something before to to avoid this happening, I I got, you know, got my head bit off and I got the silent treatment for, for uh, up until, you know, for for a couple of days. Now, if I say, see, I told you so, now I'm really going to get it you know
4: mm-hmm. yeah so i
1: kept my mouth shut and i was just like fuck, we're sucked. We're sounding like shit it sucks and uh third day chuck said hey james come here for a minute and he pulled me aside and said dude we're sending andy home today we got him a greyhound ticket we're hiring the wall he's going to be doing our sound <laughs> you're
0: like fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: So, you know, he so that out, was his so way of saying i'm saying, sorry or whatever like, like- not that i I was always right you know i i I certainly wasn't but you know i was right about that and and fortunately for the quality of the tour for the fan experience moving forward and for our experience you know moving forward for the rest of the tour um we actually had a really good sound man and we sounded killer you know on the rest of the tour you're gonna
0: bring a sound man with you that's your gatekeeper to the crowd you You can be on your a plus game that night, but if it doesn't sucks yeah, he's your translator, you, you know and that's I mean like,
2: it's it's you guys surviving on the road too. It's like if the if the crowd likes you, then they go and buy merch and they participate and and you guys are, your life is easier on the road. So if you guys sound like shit and they're like, Well, it was they look like they were into it, but it's just a bunch of white noise, then you're not gonna get, you know, it's not gonna be paying off at the end, you know, for yeah. a tour. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Um so anyway, that happened. And, and a number of other little things how, like that happened here and there. Like at one point when we were recording the album, um, the guy who was going to be the manager came in uh, uh, and uh, had contracts. He wanted us all to sign. Well, you know, those guys just kind of maybe they skimmed it real quick, or whatever they were, they were signing it. And I was like sitting there holding it like, I don't, I don't want to sign anything. I haven't read you know? And so, like, I told Chuck, I was like, I'm going to go in here and read it before I sign it. Oh, he was so mad at me for that. So mad. Yeah. And, uh, but I went into the other room and I sat there and read it. And it didn't take me long to spot something that was fishy. This guy wanted to take credit for producing the album. He hadn't been there. The album was very clearly being produced by Scott Burns. Yeah. And that was what we all understood the album was going to say. And that's what, when we wrote up the credits for the album, that's what we put produced by scott burns you know
0: because you guys were there you knew everybody involved
1: but in the deep in the language of this contract it said that he's that this guy is going to be credited with what the fuck producing the album and scott would just be credited as an engineer wow and uh i was just like chuck come look at this and he was still so mad at me and he came in with just such a look on his face like yeah what i was like just read this just just read that. And if I'm if I'm off base, I'll shut up, you know. And he sits there and reads it. And he I could just see him going from mad to madder. He went from <laughs> mad at me to furious as yes. the guy who wrote the contract at the contract. And uh, they ended up tearing up the copies they signed. Damn. Uh, and, uh, you know, so but there were lots of little things happened like that where he got mad at me. Some of them where I ended up being vindicated and, you know, somewhere I wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. Because I, yeah. because I was I was guilty as charged. <laughs> I was being mm-hmm. a an asshat, or you
2: know. i guess there's like two very strong personalities. You're you're That's gonna exactly say your it. piece, you know. Yeah. I,
1: I hate I hate that terminology alpha. I hate it because yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it's yeah, I, I, I think it's like you can't take human biology and human behavior, yeah, and no, compartmentalize it, it that neatly and cleanly. Yeah, but exactly. certainly two very headstrong males youthful yeah. and headstrong and confident and stubborn were mm-hmm. butting heads exactly and uh chuck was always gonna win that
4: because mm-hmm.
1: it was his right yeah. And 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 very rightfully so he had every right to uh to you know have at least certain expectations so you know there were some that you know I, I, looking back on i i wish he wouldn't have done those type of things and i and i and i and i'm proud of myself for standing up to them mm-hmm. like being told i can't talk to this band or the other you know exactly. glad i stood up for that and, I, and i'm sure that chuck if he were around today would be he would be sad that he yeah ever acted like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you know but it all of this stuff led you know whether it was my fault or whether it was just sort of misunderstanding you know things like that were you know maybe chuck was at, at fault they all led to only one logical conclusion, which was that I was out after the tour. So I decided to, you know, to to get ready for that, to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And uh and one of the things I did to prepare for it was to reach out and call Scott Burns and let him know, hey, uh, so I'm not gonna be a death anymore. You know, if you you know you need
2: got anyone. I don't know
1: why I thought to call him. I really don't know why. I didn't know what he was doing. I didn't know that he would give a shit. I, I didn't know whether he would say, oh, so you're not in death anymore, so there's no reason for me to talk to you. Bye. You know what I mean? Right, I, right. I mean, you know, I didn't know what he was going to do. He, You know, he's a way nicer man than that. He never opened have done that. He's a great guy. But,
4: but and, he, and I yeah, it was
1: just, I had such a rapport with him when we recorded Spiritual that I, want, I wanted someone to, to reach out to and talk to about it, and so I thought of Scott. So I called him. I just called him at Morris Sound, and he was there, and he got on the phone with me, and I told him and he goes dude dude so he talked to bro dude, bro no bro right now and they need a guitar player you should come down when are you going to be back in town it's like i'm going to be there tomorrow and He's like come come to the studio man you know
2: wow yeah so and, maybe uh, just they just told them told Scott that they need a guitar player and then you decided to call Scott and it was kind of like a aligning.
1: well i don't know whether they told uh, uh, well, obituary was in the studio. They were act. They were in the studio recording Jesus. the album. They were already there, already recording it.
0: I oh, love man. how Florida death metal <laughs> in the '90s sounds like Cali death metal in the 2000s, dude, bro. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's got yeah. yeah. the it's the, coast, it's the coastal. It's because we're close to the beach and it's <laughs> yeah. It's t- sea well, you know,
1: there's there's a lot of redneck accents amongst you know people in florida in general oh, but yeah. you know chuck had a very like i don't know stoner dude sort of like totally you know he kind of picked and, up and, some
0: cali vibes like i'd been to Antioch. yeah, yeah. he probably and, so when
1: he was there you know and I've,
0: I've you know i've lived here my whole life antioch i've been there since i was a child you know i've had family there and yeah he's he definitely i think picked up a little it was a very impressionable way he was there
1: no doubt you know yeah So so he undoubtedly undoubtedly picked it up. And, uh, um, you know, Scott, I don't really know his background, but he was very much not a redneck accent. Just a very laid back, chill dude kind of, dude, dude, come on, come (laughs) down. And, uh, oh, no way, bro. Come on, you know, come down to the studio. So I came down and and I I ended up uh, getting the gig sort of right then and there on the spot. They didn't, you know, it was no audition or anything. It was just like, hey, you know go record some solos <laughs> yeah they the tracks are ready you know go, go ahead and record some solos i think i spent like you know like a day and a half you know, you know doing the solos and so you know, a day and, and a half by that i mean like probably about a, six to eight hours one day going through and 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 uh a couple of hours on the next day
0: so go through your process on that a little bit is is part of it uh Freestyle improv? Is it um, r- hearing it and wanting to just yeah. transcribe something before you do it? How does that work?
1: Well, that that was only my second album that I had ever recorded, and uh, you know, with the with the death album, I had I had had time in rehearsal to sort of structure some of my solos, like maybe about half of them, get them pretty well structured. What I was going to do, maybe even more than that, but there was certainly um, some creation, you know, improvisation uh, you know, last minute changes when we were in the studio that just sort of came to me while we were tracking it. Like, Oh, now that I've recorded this, I'm hearing this. And instead of that, you know, and, and, and so I was able to just sort of make changes on the fly. Um, Mm -hmm. when it came to the, uh, cause of death recording, I had no preparation whatsoever. I didn't even, I didn't know how to play any of the songs themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. when I already had to, be recording solos on them, and in fact, wow. I mean, this is this is kind of like long the side. I didn't even have a guitar at that point because, unfortunately, I had gotten rid of my guitars I had when I joined Death because BC Rich had hooked me up with, with guitars. But when I left Death, those I'm guys, those guys did not. No, BC Rich didn't. The Death guys did. Oh God, gotcha. <laughs> you they possessed them. And, uh, you know, I mean, those those guys have expressed, uh, you know, you know. You know different feelings about it, you know. I, I it's just no no animosity about that whatsoever. You know, I, I have more guitars now than I've ever owned in my life. Um, so uh, you know, I'm not sweating those guitars, I, I would love to yeah. still have them for the nostalgia of it, you know, because mm-hmm. um, I'm but uh, but they kept them, and and uh, you know, later on, you know, when I talked to BC Rich, they were like, No, they should have kept them, those were yours, we give those to you, but you know what I'm gonna do, possessions, nine tenths of the law. I would have had to have taken them to civil court you, you know and and uh, i wasn't about to do that yeah yeah right. uh, so i had no guitar you know but uh, uh scott uh called uh mike davis from nocturnus and he brought down this see, see everyone thinks i recorded cause of death with that black warlock that I, people always saw me live playing with with them
0: you were playing but, that in that supercut too that i was watching. yeah
1: yeah the, that black warlock that's what everyone thinks i recorded you know, So many people said, Oh dude, that black warlock sounds so awesome on your cause on your cause of death solos. Like, really? You're talking about live ones, right? <laughs> nah, yeah, but the album too though. Like, no, nah, man, that that was a that was like a like a I don't even know what to call it, like a midnight blue or like sort of race car blue, sort of Charvel hmm. that, that Mike Davis from Nocturnus brought down to the studio. <laughs> wow. And I, played, I played that. And uh, you know, the BC Rich sent me some more guitars. That's when they sent me that uh that black warlock, you know um but, that's uh, a cool
0: little tidbit dude a, yeah the yeah nocturnist guys pulling through for you <laughs>
1: yeah 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 no doubt and uh uh well of course i knew all those guys i knew those guys you know from from the scene and from around and, and all that yeah and so we, all, we all knew each other so it was no. that might be a, yeah.
0: a lesser known thing yeah yeah perhaps world yeah. Uh, for I,
1: don't, I don't know how many times i've told that or or not or left that bit out i don't know but, uh, but yeah, I just, I had to record the soul. So most of those were sort of made up on the spot. That's not to say that I didn't compose them, but I, when I did composition, I composed them on the spot. I would yeah. say I didn't, I, what I didn't do was, hey, I'm just going to improvise, man, you know, to record, you know, four or five tracks of that. And then you can cut it together later, you know, <laughs> cut the best bits together. You know, that's that's what a lot of people do when they improvise on records these days. They'll just pick it up and just play it right off the cuff, you know, right off the top of their head.
2: No, you're like in the beginning. I'm going to play this part and, and then... recording. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What
1: I did was I, I, I had Scott play the track, and I would just start playing stuff. So improvising, yeah. But then I would find things that I liked, and I would say, okay, I, I need to, I'm going to do that in the beginning, and then I would just sort of compose it. And it got to where, like after the first solo, doing that, Scott was just like, yeah, you know, hey man, let me show you how to, how to, sh- how the shuttle here works on the big remote control for the for the two inch machine. So I'm just going to put it in shuttle, put you on input, you know, and shuttle mm-hmm. it. And it'll just keep rewinding and playing it over again. You know, take your time, figure something out. And once you're happy with it, come get me. I'll be out in the lounge, you know, watching TV or whatever. And uh, <laughs> and then I'll record you, you or know, eating wow. or whatever he was going to do, you know, on the phone with his with his wife or whatever. Girl, Maybe she was his girlfriend at the time. I'm not sure. You know, he went and killed his time, you know. And, and yeah. so I would just sit there in the control room by myself. And I just kept playing over the parts until I find things I like. I would just improvise until, ooh, that sounded cool. And I would save it and you know in the mental clipboard. And once I had the structure down and I knew what I was gonna do, I'd play it a few more times to get it under my fingers. And then I'd call Scott in and we'd go for takes. Yeah,
2: composing. Yeah. It's it's like a it's a really fast compose. I mean, really, I mean, well, there's for improvising, the time. and then there's there's composing. There's like, you know, it's like you working on like, all right, this is cool, this can work here, this next. Yeah, thing I mean, if you're, you're here.
1: In, if you're improvisation, you would be playing something different every single time it rolled.
2: Totally, exactly. So I
1: started off the first take or two was pure improvisation. Yeah, but that then I would identify the bits that I liked. Right, and then I would save those, and as soon and and repeat them. And as soon as you start doing that, it's it's composition and not improvisation. So That's it really would just go from improvisation to more less and less improvisation until it was completely. Composed. All you
0: need is the little seed. You just need mm-hmm. one. Yeah, little yeah, seed. Exactly. Check out my headphones right now, guys. Uh, but you need you need a uh just one little seed that you can build in all directions after that once you get one little like thing planted it's all just i mean you know my metaphor that i'm going with right now you water it you know and then it grows out in all directions dude i can't believe i stepped on my headphones tonight all right so um that's rad as shit dude i love hearing that too so that session gets done and then what's the like plan forward like are you in the band for sure yeah. in the well, studio well,
1: kind of you know from, from the moment that i from the moment that i got the gig you know they we sat down out in the, in the tables in the lounge at, at morris sound and you know we were just discussing you know the the particulars of of whether I was going to do this and what the what the terms were going to be to, to a certain extent, you know. Um, it certainly wasn't comprehensive, you know. But uh, the one thing that they did cover, they said, look, we didn't want Alan to leave. He's our bro. We came up with him. We've been doing this with him for a while now. And he's our boy. We didn't want him to leave. He's worried. He's thinking about the future. He's having a baby. Yeah, He's, mar- he's married or getting married. I don't remember which. And he's got the baby and, uh, you know, this death metal thing, you know, he, you know, he needs a steady paycheck for his baby. He a, no one knows whether this is going to be successful or not, whether this is going to fly or not, whether they we're really going to get money that. or whatever, you know, he said, so, so he, he made the decision to go. And, and that's why we called you in, you know, and he said, look, but they said, look, if, if he ever wants to come back, we will probably take him back. Mm -hmm. And they told me that first day. And so I knew that it was always a possibility. Yeah. And, you know, now I would say that I was, I had much more in common with Chuck and I had much more in common with, you know, I had much more common with Chuck than I did with the obituary guys. Mm -hmm. I got along with them fine, you know, particularly at first, you know, but you know, They were very much you know like you know good old florida boys you know just wanted to smoke weed drink beer play death metal have a good old time you know and and i wanted to do some of those things yeah but i also wanted to be very business-like and very you know and i and i, and I had goals and i and i i wanted things to to be a certain way that they weren't necessarily ever going to be because that was their band and their band is the way that they wanted it to be. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was always a little bit uncomfortable. I didn't speak up about much though. I didn't speak up like I did in death. I had sort of learned my lesson about speaking up. And I, I just wasn't good at communicating like that back then. I wasn't good at communicating how I was feeling. So mm-hmm. the things that I was unhappy with just built up, it right. built up like a pressure in me. And, uh, you know, I, you don't need to go any, into any details. Just suffice to say there were things about the way business was done. Not that there was anything wrong with it. They all agreed to it and they liked it and it was their band. So more power to them. But it wasn't how I wanted to do things. Mm -hmm. So, and with my lack of ability to express it or discuss it with them at the time, you know, I just didn't have those skills, you know, verbal skills and people skills to deal with it. So I clammed up um, and uh, it built up like a pressure and it came out. It just, it oozed out. I was not a happy camper
4: 90%
1: of the time that I was in obituary. My happiest time in obituary was recording those solos and then, you know, and then the album release. And, you know, there were the odd shows here and there that were great, but I was always so unhappy about just on a base level, the way certain things were being done that I'm more than positive. I wasn't the most pleasant person in the world to be around. I had my reasons I should not have behaved like I did. I didn't behave that way on purpose. I behaved that way because I was trying to put a clamp on my feelings. Yeah. And it wasn't working all that well. It's starting to steam up. You're
2: like a steam. You're steaming. You're starting to steam in the pot. The pot's rattling. Yeah. Yeah. and it's yeah. kind
0: of like a rubber band effect from the previous situation you had. You know, you were you were open and expressive about. Yeah, and I got I got on. I
1: got smacked down for it, and uh, so
0: you you recoiled, and it to and then it was you tightened too far up. You know.
1: Yeah, it it just led to me kind of boiling over. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I forgot how to drink a beverage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a one twenty nine. Arizona. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. 129. <laughs>
1: <sighs> yep, yeah, completely forgot my beverage drinking skills.
0: That is all good, dude. You drink uh, five I'll of those a day. Those it's an extra dollar letters. to your budget, dude. You drink five of those a week. Sorry, I said a day. <laughs> a day. <laughs> well, even if it, there's there are people that drink five of those a day. Come on. And I've drinking
1: at least two of these a day <laughs> for like 30 friggin' years yeah
0: oh man I, mean, I don't
1: have diabetes
0: <laughs> no i'm just saying that's that's I've never had a everyone
1: I've, else in my family has had kidney stones well I mean, have all you, green tea so were you ever now, uh, proof.
2: were you ever drinking alcohol and stuff like did you like were you ever like partying I'm, I'm and drinking i'm a
1: very uh, uh i'm a very casual uh, uh, drinker okay. and a very low uh, small amounts like it yeah. doesn't take much to get me a buzz and um uh, with 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 a few notable exceptions in my life, I stop with the, with that. Once I got the buzz, mm-hmm. I call it social lube. <laughs> I got some yeah, social yeah. lubricant going. Right. And then right. I, then I just nur- will nurse the same drink the rest of the night. Like I'll drink the first one or two pretty quick. I start getting my you know my little buzz going, and Your then I, 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 as soon as I have that, I slow right down, and I'll nurse the third drink for the rest of the damn night. You know that's smart that's and very, very smart. smart i've always done that <laughs> yeah. you,
0: your metaphor of social lube it just made me think like you just kind of slightly throw a little bit just enough lube in there but me and joel we like jump in the of hard. lube we jump no, I, I, I used to talk about like, I'd,
2: like i would come home from work and stuff from like a 12 hour day at work and we had a podcast i had a podcast and i've been 12 hour day i got i got six or like re- like today i got a few hours of sleep i do a 12 hour day and then I was like, come, just walking with a 12 pack of the the stuff, and I was like, well, it's talking sauce. I don't know, like I won't talk, talk. if I don't have it. <laughs> Like I won't have any, if, if I didn't have anything to drink tonight. I'd be like, yes, <laughs> thank you, I appreciate it. Like, Hello, how are you? I wouldn't be. Yeah, like, it can kind of,
1: it can be... kind of, you know, loosen loosen things up a little bit. But you know, it, yeah, it's it's like any sort of uh, thing like that. You got to you got to use it responsibly, In moderation, or yeah. not. Or, or not. not. Yeah. If, yeah if you don't well then you know as long as then
0: you're, just as long as you're, you're not
1: hurting of anybody else yeah
2: yeah i mean it was it's, it's for me it's you know like i've i've had a few drinks tonight and there's people that if they have the same amount of drinks then i'd be like like you know like their motor skills are gone and they're Saying ridiculous stuff. Are you talking and...
0: about me at the end of most of these? What are you talking about? Dude? Are you joking? No, no. <laughs> no, I'm actually pacing myself. I pace myself on Legend Night, guys. If you go yeah. back, most Legend episodes, I, I, it naturally makes me. Oh, Legend Explorers. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: we got James Murphy. You don't want to be. Yeah. Like... Well, what you
1: yeah, got yeah. to understand is that I was, but but when I went into obituary, I had been with death when those guys were complete teetotalers except chuck who smoked weed nobody else did anything and so i had sort of habituated myself to that like seriously on the death tour if we showed up and there was a case of beer in the dressing room we we did not have beer on our riders so if there was a case of beer in the dressing room more often than not the individual beers ended up just slung down the hallway out of the dressing room
0: because you guys didn't want to drink them
1: yeah just just
2: they Did you smoke? How, how was your reading? I, I don't know. It was
1: just uh, uh, immaturity, you know, immaturity. Like, we didn't want to drink them, so we threw them out. Oh, uh, they, they, sp- you know, they spent the
2: brighter money a on that. They
1: drank, but I was, you know, I was, I was along yeah. for the ride, you know. Uh, I, I, I've never been a big drinker, so it's easy for just as easy for me to not drink as it is for me to have a couple. Damn. Um, and uh, but uh, so I went into obituary and I was already, you know, I never had been a big drinker and I had gotten used to for the previous year not touching. Mm-hmm. alcohol so you know so i was what was your like, relationship great. or is your relationship those, with those cannabis. guys party man you know those guys those guys are parties, man they like to yeah like totally. to have a little bit of fun a little bit of, you know. Oh, no, i know
2: yeah i hung out with them at cycle fest oh yeah of, and more power yeah, yeah. to them man. It, yeah it, yeah it,
1: you know if, if i had been a, a a drinker even back then i I would have probably had a lot more a lot more yeah. fun but you know but uh
0: what about weed Did, how how's you No, how i you i
1: I smoked in high school and I got over it in high school. Yeah. Yeah, look like when I used to skip school in Germany, we'd go smoke hashish.
0: Oh. Okay. Some from some
1: Afghan, you know, blonde. You nice, know, dude. Whatever, you know, some blonde stuff. Get some uh oh, there's all I don't even remember all the kinds. There's Rock kind of and red, hatch you know, kind of ruddy red colors. Yeah. Like clay or right. something. Yeah. Yeah, I got to catch
2: you guys but, off cuz uh we got a um, so James we, we're on this thing called Twitch and people like r- they they have a stream going and they'll send all of their people here and Kevin Mueller who's on you know he's a uh, alluvial let's fucking he's sung for suffocation one of my good buddies he just raided hey, us so thank up? you yeah hey, thank you Kevin thanks, for sending Kev, all your friends here I yeah. appreciate that
0: dude I'd love to have Kev back on dude with his uh voice uh Character, what was his name,
2: dude? He had a character that, yeah, what's your what's, what's he name? He's got a, like a Long Island, he's from the whole Long Island suffocation fucking scene. Like, hey, I don't know, I can't Bobby, it's Bobby, there it
0: Bobby, is. dude, yeah, dude, we gotta, hey, <laughs> yeah, I, Bobby
2: Bobby, Bobby. Yeah. I know
0: fucking yeah. Bobby, <laughs> dude. 100% Kev. All right. We're locking it in right now. I'll, we'll be talking very soon. We got to bring you and Bobby back on the show. <laughs> yeah. I know you guys have been very fucking active since the last time you guys been on. I've been watching you. No doubt. We'll take you and on I, date. I, yes. Motherfucker. We are for sure. I will be hitting you up like literally tomorrow, Kev. All right. Um, So back on to James, dude. So, all right. After obituary, it sounds like these two, Bands that you had. Um, well,
1: not, I don't want to make it sound like it. no, 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 podcasts, no, You don't,
0: you don't know where I'm going. I, I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm not saying anything bad. I'm not saying, I'm not going any, it, anywhere it negative with what I was about go to down. say. It I all, promise you, I wasn't going to go negative with what I was going to say. But it sounds like these stepping stone situations for you are are bringing you to the point where you're like, I need to just do my own shit.
1: Yeah, no i absolutely started writing the disincarnate material while i was in obituary
0: right and 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 it totally makes sense just yeah. with the, what we've heard nothing ge- i'm not I'm, I'm not saying like i said we're not that Well, is well you know in what, the what happened now. was
1: at, at some point after i had been in obituary for a while like a you know i did three really long tours with obituary and uh and uh after the after a couple of them you know we were home on a little bit of a break between it and the and the next tour and uh we were rehearsing or something i, th- I think i showed up and uh, it was just Trevor there. We were waiting for the Tardy Boys and uh, and Frankie. And so it was just like me and Trevor at the jam pad. And uh, 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 that's when Trevor asked me, you know, like, hey, you got any riffs? You got, you got some riffs? Now, when Chuck asked me that, I was in write music for death mode. You know what I mean? I had just yeah. learned four of the new song, so I knew the direction of the album. And I was very much thinking that. And uh, and we were jamming. So I was able to just pull something out of my butt and fit it in, it, fit it in, you know? Yeah. And uh, just, you know, come up with something on the spot that that worked. But this wasn't a jamming situation. Had we been jamming up, I, I could have played something that fit a song if we were working on a song. But Trevor just asked me if I have any riffs. I said, well, you know, not, not obituary risks. I mean, I'm, I've been working on the stuff I want to do as like a side project called, I'm going to call it Disincarnate. And I, but, it's yeah. very different. It's, you know... Uh, very different than obituary and he, and he goes "Wow, oh, let me hear some of it and i was like yeah okay so i played him some of the riffs i think i probably played him stitch of paradise burning and, uh, sitting here and gotten stiff got cold yeah 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 everyone knows that riff i don't need to play it i can't <laughs> play it right now for some reason my hands are completely locked up um but uh you know i played some of those riffs for him and uh yeah. And he just listened to him and was like shaking his head. And when I was done, he goes, yeah, those don't sound anything like obituary, man. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I told you that they weren't for obituary at all, you know, for something completely different. I just thought you wanted to hear them. But I think in his mind, he was check testing me then to see if I could write music for obituary. If Uh, I was someone they could write with. But that's not where my mind was. My mind was, oh, you want to hear riffs of my new project? Well, here they are. Yeah. Man, that is some serious wrist lock right there. (laughs) Um, But, but yeah, you know, so it didn't, uh, you know, I never, I never had the opportunity to compose music with, with obituary. You know, had we been in a rehearsal, rehearsal room, in the rehearsal room together, and they had, you know, said, Hey, here's this piece of song we got. You got something that'll fit here. I would have composed something right there on the spot that fit there. Yeah. yeah, Doing that, you know, and it's something that I do all the time in my role as a producer these days. A lot yeah. of times, you know, bands just, uh, they got a pretty cool initial idea and, and then, you know, like a decent intro and they got a cool chorus, but the verse sucks. So yeah. I, I'll, you know, I'll help them, comp- just on the spot, help them compose a, a either a, a modification to the verse or a completely new verse. Or or maybe they got a great intro and, a cor- and, and verses, but they don't have a chorus. So I'll, I'll help them pump up the chorus, you know? So I do that all oh, the yeah. time and I, I could have done it, but I, I never had the opportunity to do it. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know, one day I came to rehearsal because I mean, I couldn't reach anybody. So I, I had no confirmation that, we're, that we were going to have rehearsal that day. No one was answering the phone. Back then, it wasn't that big of a deal when no one answered their phone or no one responded to you because, you know, people had to be home to get the call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, 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 Leave a message. So I was like, well, you know, I couldn't reach any of them. So. I'm going to just show up because it's, this is our normal day. It's one of our normal days. So I don't want to not show up. So I'll show up. And uh, I showed up and I could hear them already jamming. And uh, I didn't immediately snap to the fact that there was more than one guitar. Uh, mm. So I got out and uh, and I'm and at right about that time Frankie comes out and he's like looks at me and he goes, "Oh, hey James." I was like, "Hey dude, what's going on?" And he's just like standing there going, uh, cause me and Frankie always got along great. Um, the whole yeah. time I was in the band and for all the years after I was out of the band up until he, you know, un- unfortunately passed away. Um, tragically, you know, uh, it's, that's still, uh, uh still uh, rough to think about, but, uh, right. But he was, he was my, my closest friend and, you know, the guy that I got along with the best mm. in obituary. Um, Maybe he was just the best at uh, <laughs> you know at, at, at dealing with me. I don't know, um, but uh, uh, he, someone uh, connected with, yeah, yeah. We can we connected. You know, we we understood each other, and because uh, uh, he wasn't a, a laid back Florida party boy. He you know he was a New York kid. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, I identified much more with him and his just personality in general um so but so i i didn't you know he was standing there being quiet so i was just well i want to put this guitar down i'm going go inside you know and i open up the door and walk into the room and there's alan west playing through my hands no less Oh <laughs> shit.
2: Yeah. like your equipment and Jesus so
1: I, I was just standing there going well i guess alan decided to come back huh <laughs> damn
2: damn so i dude. just said
1: i just said hey yeah well you know no big deal it is what it is you know no, nobody needs to say anything i'm just gonna pack up my stuff you know
0: did you take yeah. your amp with you oh, of like, get, oh yeah um, yeah you take
1: your you don't need no, your there amp of amps okay. there i'm sure that they that's an, an awkward
0: moment too like uh can you please unplug from my yeah dude i could uh, even
1: swear right now that he was actually playing through my amp, and just you know it was there it was, behind the it
0: was, it was just one of those yeah. moments
2: where you're just tunnel vision it's like i mean yeah a lot of people they relate uh bands to relationships and stuff so it's very equal to like you have kind of this like loose girl you're dating, and then she's with her ex, and you should walk in. And you're like, oh, yeah.
1: Well, I kind she of expected always, this. But. Yeah, yeah. It's like like if you were dumb enough to 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 invest in a relationship with a girl who told you that, hey man, yeah. when my ex gets out of jail, <laughs> I might start banging him again. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. Go,
1: oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to show you time. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. You know, and uh, but but you know, you know, those guys were. They were very forward in the beginning, you know, to tell yeah, me yeah. that Alan might come back, but, you know, they were a little bit, I don't know. I don't know why they didn't tell me to that point. Maybe they were checking out to making sure that, that Alan would be able to do it, that, that his time off from the band hadn't uh, hurt him, you know, that Yeah. You we know, were all very young and it wasn't that long. It was like a year or so, you know? So I don't really know what the motivation was not to tell me at that moment, but they didn't. And so I found out, I found out the hard way. <laughs> But it wasn't completely unexpected because we had had success. Money was being made. Um, Bills at home were, were able to be paid at least by some of the guys. Um, So, uh, you know, it was almost a no brainer that Alan would go, Oh, well crap. Maybe I fucked up. There is money there. I will be able to support my family. I will be able to pay for my child, you know? So, I think, I tend to think it was something like that that happened, you know, and there's absolutely no ill Will between me and those guys. I like all those guys, man. You know, they're, they're cool dudes. And, and uh, you know, I, you know, I, uh, you know, I love their new guitar player. Uh, I say new, he's been in the band for what, a decade now? I don't know, a long time. <laughs> yeah. um, that is,
2: in our terms, it's new. It's kind of like. Yeah, you yeah. Know, Kenny,
1: yeah, yeah. Ken, Ken, yeah, Ken, yeah. Ken, Kenny's awesome, man. He's, he's a really uh, fun, cool guy and he's uh, a, he's a good player, you know, yeah and uh um and you know and he just he fits right in with those guys like a, a fucking puzzle piece you know right. so um you know uh and you know and terry you know terry's terry's my bro from from way back and and you know i i, I still you know I, I respect all those guys and uh and uh and i get along great with all those guys
0: great dude i love that that's right
1: that's cool yeah yeah
0: so talk about what, how you move forward from that though. Like, okay, so you, that. Well, you know,
1: I had already, I already had my disincarnate thing going, so yeah, it was just I just what I did was I called Roadrunner Records and said, "Hey, so, turns out this side project thing I mentioned to you once that no, you, you were that interested in because it was just a side project and the side projects don't sell, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's going to be my main band. I'm going to do yeah. it for real, you know, and uh and they were said, "Well, damn, well." let us hear something so that's when i made the demo tape with the drum machine and the bouncing back and forth between the two tape decks <laughs> and that <laughs> that impressed him enough to to uh, uh to to uh get me to go to sound to do a uh, a three-song demo which was the solar Erosion demo in 1992 uh, do
0: you have do you have that first do- the double cassette version I do, but
1: only only on cassette tape and i'm wow um, i, I want to make sure i'm set up and that my set deck is clean and ready to go because I, I, I don't think i'm gonna get too many oh. passes on that tape you know what yeah, i mean yeah. i, I want to try to digitize it into into pro tools and and, and have it digitally available because be ultimately i'd like to offer it as a uh, like a little little bonus thing too oh dude that's know,
0: i eat that stuff up dude so you got yeah. one fan
1: already ready to go right here oh me too <laughs> cool dude you would be surprised? how close in some cases my program drums were to what ended up on the album. So I remember, you know, when I, when I, when I finally got Tommy, you know, and, and he, he had to learn the songs from, uh, uh, initially from those demos, he was, he was learning the songs when I already, you know, had gotten Alex Marquez to come in and play. Cause Alex Marquez was just a monster, man. He, he nailed that shit in no time. Like, you know, I, I gave him the same tape and he came up with stuff and we, he just threw it down in the studio. Like it was nothing. um, but Tommy also had the t- that tape I made with the drum machine and he was learning it. So when it t- came time to go do the record, you know, in some cases he was copying a little bit of what Alex did, but you know, on those three songs, but in, in, in many cases, he uh, was referring more to what I did in the drum machine demo. And I was just like, Hey, mm-hmm. Tommy, you know, you can, that, I'm not precious about those parts I program, man. They are just placeholders for me just to give the general o- overall overall idea, yeah. you know, the sort yeah. of outline. said you can, you can be creative there. And, and Tommy was just like, oh, you, know, you got to understand about Tommy, he's, he's, he's basically Cajun man. <laughs> he's basically Adam Sandler Cajun man. Really nice guy. <laughs> super, super cool. Chill dude. Full on Cajun man. Like, you know, like you ask him, hey, Tommy, what's your favorite band? So occasion <laughs> <laughs> What other bands do you like, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> very very much Adam oh God, oh uh, but uh 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 tommy was like well well you know you know i like the parts you recorded bro i i, I like what you program you know it's not cool to be you know it's like oh okay man you <laughs> know right on okay I mean, just know that you're free to create here.
2: You know? suffolk
1: <laughs> <Dude, laughs> a my yeah, broken Lord,
2: headphones
0: Lord. just flew off of my head because I threw my <laughs> head back in laughter on that, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, uh, also, also, I like incantation. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
4: yeah, sorry, sorry,
1: Tommy. I love it, bro. That's
0: amazing. Uh,
1: Holy shit. Love it. And, and Tommy well, came up with great parts. Like on the other songs that weren't demoed, Tommy came up with great parts. You know, and what I love about Tommy's parts on the on the record is, is I mean, I challenge you to find a blast beat on that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm really happy about that. I don't hate blast beats. Yeah. But I like it that we made a death metal album at that time. With basically no blast beats on
2: it. I didn't even put that together. I know I heard
1: that. heard that as a complaint. There's no blast beats on it. There's, <laughs> a there's no blast beats on it. And that's cool. That's one of the that's cool things. It's fucking
0: fine. It. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Dude, there, there, there's also no freaking pig squeals on it. Get over it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. No, I mean, my brother comes from the old school, like, like late 80s, 90s, you know, my older brother, uh, death metal uh, scene. And he was like, that shit was what he was like this is he was, he's all take this album like it was like a blessing to me mm-hmm. it was your album he was like this he's a dsi awesome, things. Yeah, he was like like you guys he that was the number one thing for him it's like this is my favorite one though so this is all the cool ideas and and like all, kind of pushing things forward the no blast beat thing is awesome because it actually reminds me of just you're in a genre and you're like and then you, you're you're so good at or like have like such a good style at it that like basically you could tell people at the end of it like there did you find a blast beat in there and It was like oh shit what there was no blast beat you know like they're looking for yeah. that thing but they didn't they were so enveloped in the album they didn't care it's still death metal but they were they had no idea there's no blast beats you know <laughs> like they were so loving it you know Dude, it's this the, may, uh, this may seem like a
1: non-sequitur but uh we're sitting here talking about you know brutal death metal and blast beats versus no blast beats and this that and the other and yeah i'm just sitting here unconsciously for some god i just realized that after i played it the melody to happy together by the turtles
0: <laughs> hell yeah dude <laughs> that's good <See>? no <laughs> i told my uh i told my co-worker this week because i listened to a bunch of different styles of music and I just realized that sometimes I'll have points where I'm like, Oh, our guest has a very extensive list. I'm familiar with a lot of it, but there's certain things that I got to listen to too. So I'm just like, man, I got to listen to a bunch of fucking metal. Dude. I got (laughs) to, I do. I got to do metal and do metal podcasts, dude. Like I don't, it's like, I don't, that's not the main source of music that I listen to anymore. I mean, it is it, when I get like the the bug, but like on a normal week, metal is probably twenty percent. What are you into?
1: Stuff like winter?
0: No, I listen <laughs> to a lot of like jazz and hip hop and weird avant garde shit. And oh, I, I mean like
1: the doom stuff. But yeah, oh I listen. To oh, you
0: like that. you're not, you That's yeah. what you listen to is like doom metal stuff
1: no no uh, well yeah i do like doom doom metal, uh, absolutely yeah. i like doom but uh um i was just i have a very eclectic listening taste i listen to jazz like mm-hmm. everything from bebop to fusion mm-hmm, um, totally i love it yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of like like that like new orleans style like or you know
0: this so. week or today after i listened yeah. to uh spiritual spiritual healing for the i don't know Three hundredth time in my life, I uh, that's this. I got a a video from a friend of a guy who is doing tabla introduction, and that made me listen want to go to listening to Shakti with John. Dude, you McLaughlin. have no idea
2: you're, what you're saying right now. Okay, McLaughlin, so today, yeah. so today Shakti were announced they're going on tour with John McLaughlin and Zakir Hussain. And it's going oh, on sale awesome, man. it's going on sale on the 17th on saint patrick's day and it's in september but, yeah. synchronicity, <laughs> synchronicity is <laughs> a real fucking i was thing literally, thing. literally i was literally about to vinyl. tell you about the, like yeah about like well, shakti was one of the like, i saw that when i was a kid with my my mom's all check this you like progressive crazy shit check this shit out and, she and i haven't shakti. listened
0: to shakti in like a yeah. long time dude i love that album natural yeah. elements is like my favorite totally. shit uh we're all going together i am i i where uh, yeah, we, no dates okay. Okay, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I I really I have confidence that at least one of my kids was conceived to that album. <laughs> <laughs> nice,
2: nice. Yeah. I mean, even seeing um, I saw you know like Stanley Clark a, a couple months ago doing a like a Chick Corea tribute set, and I was like, this is so. I was like, my whole I was like in chills the whole time. I thought I had the flu because I was just like, this is so awesome, but. I, Everyone that was there was kind of like, oh, these are like all up. And I just had, to, I just had like a death metal. I just, I was, I'm going to go in a death metal thing. Cause I don't want to do the whole, like everyone in their ties at SF jazz going like, oh, me too. You know, like I didn't want any, I didn't want any of that stuff. Just like, I was like, I'm going to go the most abrasive thing. Cause I just feel uncomfortable. And this I, makes I me feel better. Well, you,
1: guys, you guys have I, referenced Holdsworth and you're talking about fusion and stuff. Um, oh, Holdsworth. You know, on yeah. yeah. Um, On my first solo album, I did uh, Red Alert from uh, the Tony Williams Uh, Lifetime, which originally had uh, Holdsworth on guitar. And I was uh, fortunate enough in my life to be able to meet both Holdsworth and Tony Williams. Damn. uh,
4: Wow.
1: You know, pass along copies of that. You know, I don't know if they ever listened to it, but it made me happy to be able to. uh,
0: Yeah.
5: Get that opportunity What's like a good like? What's like the meanest like jazz fusion album? Like, it's like, like okay, Aldi Casino, or like you know, like or Return to Forever, or whatever. Like, like what's like just the like the most aggressive Bichu, Birds of Fire, or, yeah. Oh, okay,
2: Mahavishnu is pretty. Mean, okay, pretty it's what would you Everyone What would knows. you say? Well, yeah. for James, this question's for James, not for. Her, yeah, so. exactly. If <laughs> you just heard it, well, uh, uh, I have I answers. I ever, have answers.
1: listened to Coliseum Two with Gary Moore
2: no strange new
1: flesh or savage or anything like that that's no that was gary moore playing fusion and it's pretty awesome
2: nice um
1: but uh i'm also a huge fan of scott henderson tribal tech oh yeah oh yeah yeah nasty shit on those albums and uh love it and uh of course all of Holdsworth's you know yeah yeah amazing stuff but, i uh, cherish
0: my hold holdsworth box set dude. and dude
1: one one of my my first ever fusion experience i call it fusion i don't know whether it's generally categorized as that by most people but mm-hmm. you know my introduction introduction to uh Jeff Beck, lead boots. Oh, okay, 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 um, God okay. God damn it, man. I was close. I was going to say oh, yes for oh. a second, and I went... I, I, I threw a couple of clams in there. They probably threw you off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
2: That was sick. I mean, oh, yeah. Jeff Beck... Did you know Jeff Beck, like... Didn't he, like, show, like, Jimi Hendrix shit or something? Probably you know, did. Like, yeah, he, I, there's, like, stories I was watching, because when he passed away, I, I went down this rabbit hole of videos, and uh, he, he showed Jimi Hendrix a lot of these, like, weird techniques that he was doing. How old would Jimi today? I, I don't know. Alexa.
5: I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have <laughs> no idea. You. <laughs> she, <laughs> she would like, fucking
0: tell you right now. Dude. You know, like
5: yeah.
2: 78. old. So what? Alexa, how old would Jimi Hendrix be today? Yeah. 80 years old. 80.
0: Damn. So oh, yeah, damn. Old
2: exactly. Yeah. Interesting. But so how, is Jeff Beck, Beck, that how means, old is Jeff Beck then? Yeah, Jeff Beck was, sense, was 70, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I mean, Okay,
1: maybe maybe a little older, maybe like maybe seventy seven. I know sevens are involved. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> definitely. No, he. I mean, Jeff Beck didn't know any music theory too, or knew knew very little too. That's what's really fucked up about him is that he. No way. Was, yeah, that's that's what I watched on the you rabbit heard? hole videos. They were like talk It was like him and Paul McCartney or something that's talking. He's like, you don't know any theory. You're like, what the fuck? And like, he's like, yeah, dude, did,
0: just... did you did you read uh, Gilbert? You just made his Alexa go off, Joel. Yeah. Alexa yeah that's pretty funny <laughs>
2: In
0: the
5: podcast you just start setting people's Alexas off but, Alexa, Alexa make a fart noise
0: penetration porn now <laughs> no don't do that <laughs> yeah
2: <Uh-oh. laughs> I have to cut that out <laughs> <laughs> but no but mine, mine's going bananas right now but um she answered <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, no,
2: that's uh, that's
1: insane. I mean, Jeff
2: Beck was, you know. I may but...
1: have to get going pretty soon, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Say... We can
2: start wrapping this up. No, as... dude, I know. It's very hours. late for you, dude. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank you for hanging out. I appreciate
1: Oh, no problem. Out no James problem stuff, I mean, yeah. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, it's a good time. So awesome. These things are
1: always like sort of an opportunity to, you know, tell, two sto- new, you know, tell cool stories, yeah. you know, connect with new people, and, you know, and, you know, bear your soul a little bit, you know? And one thing, one yeah. thing, because I remember you.
2: One thing I was I was I was peeing and usually I, when I pee I come up with an idea I want to talk to you about, but um it was because of these stories and stuff I was sitting there like this is so fucking awesome I even texted Casey this is so having such a good time hearing these stories, um I feel like you know you're doing the YouTube my Alexa is going nuts right now I don't know what the fuck I said to it, but um I think the um like you know you're, you're doing the the jam video or like the playthrough videos and stuff i think like you bringing on like an old, another old school death metal guy on your own thing and just talking would be fucking amazing like that would be like someone from the era of, you know back in the day when you guys were doing things and if you just sat with them and had them do what we're doing kind of and just like yeah these, sto- these are, the these, are
1: these are all good ideas
2: yeah yeah i and just showing like the
0: old tricks you know or old like <laughs> things that Everybody is oh, sorry, Casey. Go ahead. I'm sure you have a better point than
5: I'm I. Because even right even
0: like mixed with your like the lesson idea of the YouTube stuff. Like, what if you
5: just like had your guitar and you're just like talking to some person and you know just going over old. yeah, have it like plugged in I where you
2: can it. hear like everything yeah, you you're know? doing. Like that'd be kind of a like... new cool thing, you know? I
1: don't know. Here's the the weird thing about uh, one of the weird things about getting older for me that I've I've noticed. Yeah. I actually, when I'm properly warmed up. I actually play better than I ever have. Like my, my picking, everything is way better than it ever was. Mm-hmm. Um sick. Um but uh if I like sit in a weird position or anything like that for a minute, I get so cramped up and locked up, I have to completely warm up all over again. But once I get warmed up, I'm I'm on fire these days, you know. I can play better than I ever have. But yeah. Just then, oh yeah. I tried to play and my hand just said, fuck you. Mm-hmm, yeah,
4: stops. That's because
1: I was sitting there holding my hand, you know, down here in a weird position. So,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, that's good. So before before we end be able, it, I, like,
1: I, no matter what, I could bounce up from whatever and and play fine without the slightest bit of warm up. I I can't do that anymore. I got to warm up. A, but
2: you've had a guitar in your hands for three hours. Like, what's what's your normal like? I, I, you know, right now, what's your practice regimen like? I mean, to kind of end it and wrap things up. Like, what honestly, is like? Yeah, here's, go for it.
1: This didn't happen until COVID.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, up until COVID, for years, I played because you know I'm a, you know I'm a studio musician, so I, I play on people's records. You know, sometimes yeah. credited yeah. for like a guest solo here and there, sometimes uncredited playing like 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 all the rhythm guitar or all the you know you know all the Overdub guitars and sometimes even the bass. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm playing all the time in, in that capacity. But I tended, because of that, I tended to really only play because I had so much other stuff to do that didn't involve playing and all the editing and the mixing and just the recording, you know. Um, I tended to really not pick up the guitar unless I needed to for something that I had to do. Like I had to do a guest solo for someone. Hey, I'd, I'd, I'd warm up for, for an hour or so, then I'd start tooling, fooling around with the track, and then I'd lay something down, and then I'd be done. I'd put the guitar down, and I wouldn't pick it up again until... I had to play another solo or or, or 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 something else on someone's record, you know. That was yeah. I, I, I rolled like that for years, um, like fifteen years probably. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it was playing enough to keep my chops and abilities up, but not enough to like move forward to get better at anything. Mm-hmm. And uh, certainly, days would go by sometimes without me touching a guitar because um, I was just busy, you know, with damn mouse and you know keyboard, you know. Plunking away on you know other people's music and pro tools you know but but uh uh once covid kicked in you know the in-person production stuff went out the window and it just happened to coincide covid coinciding with a something that was very fortunate for me when covid happened because yeah my work got cut because there was no in-person production anymore and because of that, there weren't going to be, you know, there's a certain amount of mixed stuff coming in, but that was going to be a trickle too, you know, as, you know, all that would be left, you know, would be stuff that was recorded already, you know, before COVID, or that got recorded all remotely by everybody and sent in, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I knew I was going to have some time on my hands, but it, it, it was very fortunate that it coincided with me paying off my house. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid off my house right before COVID hit. Oh. And... Uh, so i didn't have a need to work as hard i didn't have as you know this giant monthly nut hanging over my head that i had yeah
2: the monkeys are back to to
1: get and so i was able to relax a bit and say you know what stuck stuck anyway Just can't do anything just gonna kick it you know and just do whatever feels natural to me if i want to read books i'm going to read books i just want to sit and listen to music with my headphones on i'm going to do that I want to catch up on TV shows or movies. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And I, I was just, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I yeah, want to you're
2: do. You're doing, you're it doing. It turns you.
1: out, it turns out what I wanted to do was sit here for about four to five hours every night and play guitar. And that's what I've done since, Hell, ever yeah. since.
2: So, so I'm getting, I'm getting well, blown up, James, about like, we have there two main another question. This album, there's going to be another d- discarnate I... dis- album? album. I'm getting that. Over and over and again. Oh,
1: I knew that question wasn't too far away.
2: I, um, <laughs> to
1: I want to do it. Um, okay. I've actually been talking to the other guitar player from Disincarnate, Jason Carmen. What's up, Jason?
0: Nice. Um, uh,
1: in fact, I think I got a message from him I got a reply to that I just noticed earlier today. Did um, you? Sorry. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry about that, Jason. Um, I will get back to you. Uh, Yeah, we're talking about getting together and seeing what comes out of it. And uh, if it seems like, you know, music is flowing from it, then then we'll definitely do it, you know? Fuck yeah. But here's the thing. I don't want to force anything. And this is the reason why it hasn't happened to this point, you know? I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to do it just to do it. I'm not going to do it for the sake of doing it because everyone asks. I'm not going to do it because... You know, I'm not going to do it as a quarter You know, and pe- what people love to say, oh man, fuck that new album, man. The originals, the shit, man. Fuck that new album, and they'll yeah. inevitably, invariably, fucking pop out with this old nugget.
4: It's right. a
1: money grab. It's a cash grab. Uh,
4: yeah, like,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, let yeah, me tell you something, that. folks. There's no fucking money in death metal, so <laughs>
2: yeah, <up>. exactly, dude. <laughs> it's a change. You're trying to get a change grab, like, like you have any change? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no it's got to be. It's the a loose change yard. grab,
1: is what it is. <laughs> yeah. No, that's for sure, you know, and you know, that's- mo- money's obviously sure. not a motivation because there isn't any really for death totally. metal. Sure, sure. We'll try to sell some merchandise, and we'll try to, you know. You know, uh, raise yeah. some money and oh, dude, But the whole the reason, reason is is blah, debt blah blah blah. You know, no dude. one's gonna get rich off of it. No one's gonna dude. pay their bills off of it. Dude. Okay,
5: yeah. I have to stop it's everything is, right you now. Not death, death metal. It's debt metal, dude. Debt
1: metal,
2: <laughs> debt metal exactly, yeah. Dude. Debt <laughs> metal. Exactly, that, dude. Debt
1: metal, yeah.
2: Debt metal, dude. Um, yeah, but incredible. I was going to so, say, you know, what I, I remember, wanted to say to really, that really was just... I
1: read that, and you read it on the daily, with some band debt that's bad. come back and did a comeback album. Oh, it's cash grab. Shut the fuck <laughs> like, up. I have a
2: cash grab for death metal. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, There's got to
1: be cash weird. in the first place Jeez. for it to be a cash grab.
0: The real reason why people are talking about uh, disincarnate okay, today is because it was never a cash grab that came from the heart from you guys at that time. time, yeah, you that's know exa- what I'm that's saying? exactly right. Yeah. it's it's the grooviest fucking metal to come out of Florida at, you know, from that whole scene, you know, i I would say obituary, too, but I'm just saying for like the melodic groove, like, meld for me and i'm sure for a lot of my homies i know gilbert would agree with me on this he's in the chat it's it's one of those like perfect combos like the perfect peanut butter chocolate combination you know what i'm saying and that's what that that album has always been to me is just like the perfect album to groove to you know what i'm saying and I'm glad you um, think so man I appreciate it And, and that. no but and and that turned into my opinion about it but really I started saying what I was saying on the fact that that came from you guys first there was no money involved you guys were just yeah. expressing yourself it, so. it, it started And out now people just, are uh, talking about it 3 day 3 decades later you know
1: it, it started out as a as an idea I had for a side project while I was in obituary that I thought maybe some small label might put out if roadrunner didn't want it and that that it would, you know, you know, diehard people would get it. And that would be it. I I didn't, you know, I I certainly never imagined it would be, you know, garnering the accolades it ultimately, you know, has over the years, you know what I mean? Certainly it didn't, uh, you know, it didn't set the world on fire when it first came out, you know, and uh, the tour itself was very difficult. We had some, some successful shows but we had some some really just awful shows you know where uh, you know it was very clear that you know that tour that we did for that disincarnate for dreams of Caring kind is the only tour we ever did um and uh it was a US tour it we never even completely completed it because there were a couple shows out in California we just couldn't even make it to just financially we couldn't afford to get there and uh uh you know, because we we lost money the the entire freaking tour um, you know uh, I forget where I was going what what point I was headed towards I originally did have a, a point I was headed towards but you know that that's what it was it was just uh something that was uh very hard to do but very rewarding on the on the musical side and that's what I initially thought it would be just something that i that I needed to get out of my system but I didn't think it would be something that would. You know, get so much recognition all these years later. And, and, and I do remember what I was going to say. It, it, that tour is one of those tours that, you know, when you talk to people now, way more people saw it
0: <laughs> than yeah. were actually he, there. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you uh, know, it's one of those like, yeah, it's been telephoned through time and now everybody wants to latch on to it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, I, I just remember shows where there were a couple of shows out and where the hell ever, you know, I don't even remember that. You know, the exact places now but i remember at the time that like dude i remember i think i remember every single person that was there you know yeah yeah. <laughs> you could count them on on you know two three hands you know you, i've already been contacted by three times that many people telling me they were at that show and how much they loved it yeah yeah. Um, well you were outside <laughs> the park a lot then because i didn't see you <laughs> but <laughs> but uh uh, uh on that tour we played well you know we were we were we were killing it you know the videos are literally just on fire yeah
0: yeah well it's like it's kind of common for you guys in that era at that time like you get a lot of you guys were just ahead of your time so the appreciation that you guys are getting for your art is later on including coming on this episode and and realizing that the younger cats, which we're almost 40, so we're not that young anymore, but our generation, our generation was fueled by your generation. You know what I'm saying? Like we're almost 40. So we were in our teens when we were coming across to you guys, you know? Yeah. And, and I, yeah, I'm just in my
1: early twenties back then enough set.
0: Yeah. And, and, me, Joel and Casey started well I started working with these guys in my early 20s too which is just this time that is very nostalgic for any human in general but we yeah. are blessed it's time in
1: your life when you're invincible we're, you think yeah, <laughs> yeah it
0: like is it. definitely yes for sure yeah. I still am I still am well you know in our 20s you
1: know in our early 20s we were like uh, I, I like to make this analogy early 20s you're like uh, a racquetball ball, throw it and it hits the ground and it bounces right the fuck back up, right back yeah. in your face.
4: Right. Yeah,
1: you know, uh, you know, I, you guys are at the age now where you're kind of more like a, a, a partially deflated basketball. It's not really that <laughs> fun to dribble with.
0: <laughs> don't I, make me don't I, make I, me so pull the ball
1: my head again. I'm ball. <laughs> I hit ball. the ground and I think about three inches into it. And, and i yeah, get right it back up yeah. for a while.
2: <laughs> it's like we, we got a bounce, but you got you gotta slam it at the ground, but we got a little there's a bounce there. You can say, Yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, that's You guys got a little bounce after
1: my my mine's gone.
2: I love that. <laughs> oh man, what a great analogy, man. That's awesome.
0: Well all right we should wrap it up there. He's you, I'm so thankful for all the time you gave us tonight James. Kim sure. well, getting we ready.
1: we really you know we we covered like my my first three professional bands and we we delved into the fourth one. Uh, so James if you wanted to do the another thing.
2: one to to oh, cap, That's exactly what we're asking. Yes because
0: yes, we I awesome, do man. definitely want to get into your solo albums and what you were going through all that please james i would love to continue talking to you yeah. we'll figure out a time yeah for yes. to come let's back. do
1: another one in a month or two or three whenever you think you're super <sighs> down your your viewers slash listeners might be you know down to uh,
0: i know for a fact that our community is going to love this episode james they're going to love this episode and they're going to want a lot more of you for sure because we're still in the nineties, guys. We haven't even hit test man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like fuck, dude. All right. No, but I love this. I love this very much, dude. And James, you're you're a rad motherfucker, dude. And Joel and yeah, Rad motherfuckers, yeah. yeah. I'm that so happy awesome. that I get to yeah. hang out every sure, single so week so... with you guys. James and... Yes. Dude, we missed the we missed the professor. We'll we'll he will be here once again but all right let's wrap it up real quick with the plugs battleforgecoffee.com get your coffee what oh yeah yeah
2: sorry who did we rate uh, kim sushi kim sushi so give guys. us a little uh i have no idea mike gilbert said to rate him so it's so... all right <laughs>
0: trust gilbert go there if you if you try oh, they're, they're already there
2: they're already there so Dumb. just do your, oh, do, your, okay. do your thing for the listeners later oh they
0: don't even hear me then the people that are over yeah, there don't even gone. hear me anymore okay can so fuck up. you guys <laughs> uh have a good time for the rest of your night all right but seriously listeners we have a blast doing this for you every thursday battleforge coffee com if you want to buy shirts um at james murphy producer on Facebook and YouTube, you said right. Yep. And then uh, on,
2: on Instagram, it was James F Murphy. Someone put in the yeah. I think someone probably James F Murphy. You, you yeah, might probably. know better
1: than me. I, I'm. Just type I'm in so James Murphy about, and it's going to be. the deal. active on Instagram. I need to. I need to uh, fix that. Totally. Totally.
2: Oh, we yeah.
0: actually get more. We get more uh traction in Instagram than we do in Facebook. So you might
2: want to think about that. It's kind of like idiocracy. We're getting, we can't like read words anymore. We just well, need goes, pictures. Go, go, to, go to my YouTube. That's where I'm going to YouTube. You know, YouTube. Show, that's YouTube. where all the
1: real shit's going to happen, anyways. You know, all this stuff and, you know, oh, yeah. moving forward. Thanks. So subscribe you on to James folks, Murphy's YouTube. On YouTube. James cool, Murphy producer. Thanks
2: for coming out, man. We really appreciate it. It's, it's like one of our legend episodes and yes i've
0: been a blast had a i had a great time it. tonight and james i would lo- yeah. i can't wait to have you back on and you guys everybody else who's been listening have a great weekend have a great week we'll see you next thursday rock on
3: Yeah. yeah.